morning. Welcome, everybody. Another RC After Hours show here in the Million Dollar RC After Hours studio. Thanks for joining us. We are up on Facebook Live. Come join us. Come hang out. Uh, join in on the fun. We can talk to you, answer your questions. Should be a fun-filled show. We got Mike Coolins finally back in the studio after getting his two turkeys. I think, Hello. Mike, we should have brought him in and hung him up in the studio, huh? Yeah. Trophies know. with the planes? No. Wait till I get him on the fan plaque. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> the placard. And, of course, uh, with that voice joining us today is Mike Coolins in studio. Hello, everyone. It's good of, to be here. Of course, they're up on the big screen. Everybody's favorite crazy Canadian, Andre the Tree, literally, Russo. Good morning. <laughs> and uh, our special guest today joining us all the way down in Tennessee, the one and only George Baker, a.k.a. Tired Iron. Hello, George. How are you today? Hey, guys. Doing great. Good. Uh, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, planes and Joe Nall and whatever else pops into our heads. So welcome to the show. I'm uh, happy to have you. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's get through our sponsors real quick, and then we'll we'll jump through the show here. Uh, first of all, all you Patreon people, thank you very much for helping us out. Uh, I know a lot of you just even donate a dollar. That is fantastic. If you really like the show and want us to keep going, go to patreon.com slash rcafterhours and give us some help. Like I said, anything at all, even a dollar a month, you know, uh, I always find like change dollars or not dollars, but coins in my couch cushions usually end up with a dollar after a month or something or even on the floor in my car. So uh dollar's not too much uh, a month. So help us out. We And everybody that is helping us out, we really appreciate it because if it wasn't for you guys, we probably uh, wouldn't be here sitting talking to everybody. Um, also, Get FPV. You guys by now know that Get FPV has kind of been helping us out. They have been absolutely fantastic with the show and getting the word out there and we have an awesome discount code if you want to go to get fpv anything drone fpv quad uh racing drone anything you need they have it and you can go to get fpv spend 120 dollars and type in after hours 2018 you get 10 percent off your entire order apparently the code's been doing very well so we got to thank you guys for helping them out and helping us out Get FPV. They're your number one online uh, drone and drone parts uh, website. If anybody doesn't know, uh, a lot of stuff is usually shipped from overseas and takes weeks to get delivered. We've all had that, right, Mike? I know Andre has. Andre has had packages missing for months, (laughs) months from being shipped overseas. Well, get FPV. You don't have that problem. It ships out of their Florida warehouse and generally anywhere in the United States, it's on your doorstep within two or three days, which is really nice. Um, and now, too, if you don't know much about FPV, they have that, that, yes. that learn area. You can go you can to getfpv.com slash learn and tons of information with everything on there. That of, is great. Yeah, a lot of information. So if, you, if you're on the fence or you're not sure about some stuff, you can go there and find it. Um, also, there are... Um, 
Support staff is unbelievable down there, and you can reach them by phone, email, Facebook, or even video conference or FaceTime. They're your number one shop for everything drone and FPV. The guys down there are fantastic, all of them. Uh, Sean, Mike, Jeff, Roy, Andy, and Tim. And our last podcast, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, if you want to know all the ins and outs of Get FPV and how they find their stuff, and it's a very informative behind-the-scenes of a, a FPV uh, company that has grown tremendously in the last few years. Uh, go check out our late, our last podcast with uh, Andy. It is fantastic. So get FPV. Go check them out, everyone. We appreciate it. All right, enough with that. Let's jump into the show. Where do we want to start with this, uh, George? One thing I guess uh, a lot of people know you. You're pretty well known uh, in the RC industry. And one fact that uh, you mentioned that I'm still shocked about, and I want you to talk a little bit about how you've done this and how far you want to go with this. But before the show, you were telling us that you are right now up to 653 days of continuous flying, which to me is unbelievable because mine's just about the opposite of not flying. (laughs) Continuous days of flying, yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Well, I started out, I'd, I'd gone about 30 days, and I realized, you know, I've flown every day for about a month. And I thought, well, <laughs> maybe I can keep this up for a while. And I, I really had no idea it'd go this far, but it, it was pretty easy. I've got, a, I've got a runway here at the house, and I can just walk outside and fly. So it's, it's not that hard when I'm at home, but, you know, when I'm traveling – you know, whether it's business or vacation, I usually just take a, a couple of small planes with me and a radio and handful of batteries. So we try to find a place. Sometimes we'll be driving around looking for, a, you know, a high school football field or a, a large vacant parking lot that we can fly in. But it's really not that hard after you after you get started and get used to it. Hmm. How do you deal with inclement weather? Yeah, and that's, stuff? My, that's what I was. Wondering. Yeah. Well, you know, I hear people talk about flying season all the time. <laughs> yes, there is obviously no such thing in your in yeah. Your right. flying thing season. is flying season. There it's is no fun. weather or no conditions that you cannot fly in. I now, love his attitude. This is great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds no. like Andre. I, know. <laughs> I try. Man. Yeah. I, now that, that doesn't mean you're going to be flying successfully. Or <laughs> <laughs> Just but, take uh, off. I mean. You know, I've flown in sub-zero, that's Fahrenheit for you guys, yep. uh, weather, and um, wind that, you know, gusting 35, 45 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, it just depends on what the weather is, what kind of plane you've got. I like uh, some of these little high-wing cubs for the real bad yeah. weather. Mm-hmm. You know, servos taped up, and, you know, when it's really, really raining hard, um, it, it really doesn't bother them. As long as you keep your... Uh, electronics dry the motor doesn't much care about the right. rain but but uh it's pretty fun really i mean when you get out there in that high wind a lot of times that's that's some of the best flying uh i've actually got one of our other club members he's taking the challenge and um he's he's about 70 days away from a year wow so we'll oh. have another <laughs> Another one oh. here pretty soon. Now, is this strictly but, uh, know, planes? And fit? Even, oh, go ahead. 
Yeah, that's strictly plains and that's strictly outdoors. Wow, no, I was going to ask that. Plains. Yeah. Wow, that is. Yeah, now that I'm is, even that, more impressed. Yeah, I thought maybe there was. So did I? Like, oh, maybe they're flying <laughs> some inductor <laughs> jet TV in the, in the house. house you know? Something. Yeah. Wow. wow. No, they don't care. Oh wow. Has to be a plane. Has to be outside. Sweet. Awesome. And, and I tell you, um, one of my favorite planes for bad weather right now is the. Uh, I call it the Lippy. The P15 Lippish, the 64 millimeter. Yes, I got one Freedom. right here in the studio. Yes, yeah, that uh, that is one tough little plane. I yeah, uh, I've got one that's my pretty one that I, you know, I, I fly at events and stuff. But then mm-hmm. I've got one that's not so pretty that um, I FPV with it. You know, fly it in the rain, fly it in the wind, and uh, it just doesn't care. It it's so fast it just punches through the wind. Huh. Good little EDF. I'll be darned. I'm I'm so excited to fly it. I just got it uh, a couple days ago. I got it together. I got it on the on the Facebook Live here. It's up on the screen. So I've been really excited to uh, get this thing out for sure. Yeah, when you when you hand launch it, throw it like you're mad at it. Okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks for the tip. Maybe better get that to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So another good one that I take with me, and and these little sixty four millimeters, they're so good because they, you know, they, they just fit anywhere in your car, mm-hmm. and um, and good flight times on a eighteen hundred pack, and um, the, is the F one hundred five, the Thunder Chief. Yeah, not oh, sitting you, in the studio yeah, my too. My face lit up when I came <laughs> yeah, into the studio. Uh, Mine's sitting you know, right here now. Good, I can't you, wait. You throw it like a dart, and it's it's another one that I, I mean, I I use it in really really bad weather mm-hmm. and uh wow i can't imagine using that in bad weather that's i know like unbelievable but like true testament to but like plane. george said it's like a dart probably just yeah. cuts through everything yeah. you know oh man it is really that's gonna be exciting yeah i can't wait <laughs> awesome and so like, i have uh, a we get maybe one decent snowfall a year here yeah <laughs> Only one. Yeah. 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 We had about four inches once there, so uh, you know we've got um, we've got some float planes and some PBY Catalinas, things like that. Nice. that uh, yep. We fly in the snow. So, with all this flying, have you actually have, have you used your your opportunity to do some 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 good technical research? Like, have you decided I'm going to fly this one battery pack every day for a year to see what happens to it? Have you have you decided to try anything like that? No, but you know that's uh, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am probably. The worst at battery maintenance. No, no, no. 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 Right there's, here, there's, there's a two tough guys, crowd, yes, right here. Me, These two guys crowd. are gonna give you a good run for your All money. All my packs are round. <laughs> <laughs> they fit in that fuselage real nice. <laughs> They're all tubular. <laughs> Mine are not like that, but um, no. We've, we've got some guys in our other club that, you know, they, they document every time they charge it, you know, yep. all, all the stats and everything, and they spend more time. What? Stats? Stats? I know. But, uh, you know, mine, I keep them all in, in uh, little metal uh, toolboxes and separated by cell count in drawers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little bit of a neat freak. If you saw my hanger, you'd see that uh, I like to be organized. But I do keep them separated like that. But I keep most all my batteries, unless it's something oddball for a plane I don't fly much, 
I keep all my batteries charged all the time because I fly all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'll make sure that I go through them, you know, none, none sit over, say, a week uh-huh. without yeah. being, you know, ran it's down charged. and charged back up. But, but you know, I, I hardly ever have any battery failures. It, most of the time, if it's a battery failure, it's, it's uh, you know, from kinetic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's from a crash. Wow. That's my next question is with all this flying you're doing, do you find that you crash less or more or even or I assume my my hunch would say you crash less now. Is that well, true? Well, if you're not crashing much, you're not flying. <laughs> <laughs> so you still have some crashes under your belt then, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, part of the learning curve is, mm-hmm. is crashing. Uh, most of the time now when I crash, it's when I'm doing something crazy. Yep. Uh, showing off. Pushing something. the limits. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of our members the other day, we had a fly-in here, and uh, I'd done about – we've got a power line here that we fly under. That's that's a lot of fun. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And um, his, his name's Steve Black, and he said, uh, I'd made about three inverted passes under the power line. He's like, George, he said, I've just got my video going. He said, uh, <laughs> give, me, give me one more. I said, you got it, Steve. Here I come. <laughs> and uh, – it, it, it didn't turn out nice. <laughs> Some rolling. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, was, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I have a gentleman here on Facebook Live. You may or may not know him. Dan Moss says uh, he thinks you have more planes than my his local hobby shop. Do you have a rough estimate of how many planes you really have? I'd rather not disclose that. <laughs> <laughs> The, the wife <laughs> might be listening. <laughs> no, I've got to listen. I, you don't know how, how supportive my wife is. She is great. I mean, when we have events, she always finds something for everybody's kids to do. She, you know, she helps prepare food and uh, makes the wives feel comfortable. We we just uh, we're very blessed to have my wife here at Tired Iron Aviation. We uh, we have a great time. But I've got uh, I've got north of a hundred planes and um i've just been very blessed that i'm able to i've got a good job and can you know afford to have a few planes and i used to build a lot of military vehicles and hot rods and things like that Mm -hmm. yeah when i got out of that hobby i had a lot of equipment that um that i used to fabricate panels and things like that on cars and military vehicles and I sold a lot of that stuff off and then invested it in foam. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, all my other hobbies, I actually made money on them. Restoring military vehicles. I've had war nice. tanks, uh, half tracks and APCs and just different things like that. And I'd always make money on them, but, but I've learned that foam has no return. No, but you know what? We've had this discussion with, uh, uh some of my friends outside, you know, that don't fly RC or whatever, or they're in the different hobbies. If you really sit down and think about what the hobby costs, I mean, once you get a good radio, you know, and you have a decent place to fly, the hobby really isn't that expensive. You know, I got no guys that have, you know, who knows, uh, $10,000 dirt bikes and, you know, $30,000 bass boats. Hobbies with, out there, car collectors yeah, and things like when you look at rods, that. Oh, man, yeah. like my boss. And, and when stuff. you really sit down and think about it, this is a good, fun 
cheap hobby. You know, it's Consider not like you can take to some of the other ones we're aware of. You can't take your hot rod out and go nuts and, and do something stupid and crash it. You know what I mean? Where we can take our phone plane out and just get as nutty as we want and, <laughs> you know, have fun. So in all, in all reality, it's a good, it fun, cheap hobby, hobby. If yeah. you think about well, it. it, really, it really is. You know, if you can, um, if you have good impulse control, I guess it. Uh, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say that. What? I would have to say that. I would have to say that of all the hobbies I've ever been in, and I've had a lot. I used to be into rock crawling and and built motorcycles for a while, but I have never met a, a better group of people than I have in the RC community. Mm-hmm. I mean, all joking aside. Um, no, I agree. I mean, yep. some of our guys, I mean, they, they would do anything for you. And uh, we just, when we get together, we have the best time. You know, uh, Steve Hodges, RC Jet dude, he, he mm-hmm. lives over an hour away, and he's here at least two, three times a month. Wow. Yeah, he lives across the state line over in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's about, it's probably about an hour and 15 to hour and 30 minute drive for him. And he, Steve and his kids, they come over and, you know, they're just like family. I mean, Steve's my best friend and uh, we, we have the best time. And, and that's just one of dozens of guys in our club. And uh, they come from all walks of life. We've got members that are, you know, 19 up to, uh, mm, we have one fella, you. he's a, he's a uh, uh, retired vehicle. Uh, non-veteran and a Native American named Running Bear. He's 70 <laughs> or 71 now. And can still and, do uh, this type just, of hobby, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have just the greatest time. It is open to a wide range of ages and stuff because you don't have to be in a perfect tip-top physical shape yeah. and things like this that might limit people in other mm-hmm. hobbies, you know. You mm-hmm. just, you exactly. just, it's, a, it's awesome as far as that goes. I know I know. with uh, – I've met some sh- – and I'm not trying to knock the hunting community, but I've met some shady characters in the hunting community. They talk about – I've heard some stories about taking motion shots and yeah. stuff in the bushes. I'm like, I don't know if I'll be hunting with that guy anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, George, so yeah, it is a great group of people yeah. in the hobby, the RC hobby for sure. George, how long have you been in the hobby? I'm curious to know. Well, now when I was about 13 or 14, I I bought one of these. Um, I think it was the Cox Stuka mm-hmm. control line planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after I destroyed that one, I got the Cox Curtis P40 mm-hmm. control line. And a friend of my dad's knew that I was interested in, in RC and, uh, he had, uh, two or three old glow planes that he'd kind of got tired of fooling with and he gave them to me and they lasted probably two or three months before I destroyed all them. And that was the end of my RC at about 14. That's probably the last time I fooled with anything RC. Then here in my shop, I had a few Warbird models hanging up and, I, uh, I wanted to have a big bomber hanging here in the shop. So I got online and I found the Banana Hobby B-25. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I bought it in January of 2016. And, you know, I had all these free tracks and bomb bay doors that opened and everything. I thought, well, I'll buy me a radio so that so this so was this was your reintroduction much. into the hobby. Was that one the banana hobby? I'm just curious because I know that's what sold me to get it. <laughs> was the banana hobby? Who, who's the good individual? Oh, there? Pete! Pete <laughs> from he, he enticed me. Yeah. I'm like I gotta buy one. Yeah. And get out there. 
<laughs> Did you happen to watch his video when you when you bought that or not? <laughs> well, I really didn't. I mean, I didn't care anything about flying it. It was just going to hang permanently up in my shop. Oh, okay, okay. And it did for a while. I rigged up a power supply to it where I could turn my radio on and turn it on and make the wheels come down and the bomb bay doors open. And, okay. And I had that, you know, it was a Fataba J8, and I thought, you know, I've got this $300 radio here. I ought to buy something and learn how to fly. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I found uh, Motion RC, and uh, and my daughter lost her inheritance. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I bought the. I, I love the P thirty eight because I only live about an hour away from where they restored Glacier Girl, so I got to go over there and watch all that and everything, see the maiden fly. But. Um, that P-38 came out. Well, I had to have that, too. You had to have that hanging up, so I <laughs> bought that. But I, I didn't fly it for like four or five months. Uh-huh. So I, I wanted to teach myself how to fly, so I bought a PBY Catalina. And um, that was just uh, – that was the beginning of it. I could fly it out here in the grass, and um, I, I crashed that thing so many times, it was like 80% phone tack. <laughs> and, but after that, I got a, a – uh, C-47, and same thing with it, crashed it about a million times. But finally, you know, got pretty proficient at flying, and uh, it just kind of got out of control from that. Right. It always amazes me how well our memories work with our, our passionate hobbies. But yeah, mm. like my wife tells me something and I'm like, you can't remember an hour later. <laughs> like what deer I killed back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know which tree, yeah. what time. And she's like, are you kidding me? And you don't remember our anniversary? <laughs> like, no, <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> he's going through his line of planes, yeah. you know, as he started out and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so true uh, though. Wow. <laughs> Uh, George, what's one of your favorite planes right now that you, you love to fly? And I mean, it could be a new one, could be an old one. You know, we always have our favorites, but right now, what is you think is your favorite? Gosh, I get that all the time, and there's no real answer for that. I mean, there's just there's so many planes that I love to fly, and there's several that I fly, you know, pretty much every day, and... Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I, you know, it, and it changes from week to week, month to month. But mm-hmm. I'd say I've got a few that that I always go back to. And right. One of the um, is the E Flight twelve hundred millimeter Corsair. Okay. Yeah. It, which, know, it's a smaller which, plane. Yeah. Which but, uh, which one is it? The the Marines, a green and blue, or an older yeah, it's blue. Okay. And uh, it's um, I mean I. I like it so much. I've got, I've got two that are flying, and I've got one in the box as a spare, just in case wow. it would make. But um, I love it. You know, I've, I can do about anything I want to do with it, and uh, it's just a great plane. I mean, I fly it almost every day. Mm-hmm. Another one is, um, is the, the little uh, Park Zone. I think they're twelve hundred millimeters. Well, Cubs, like the, uh, the red and white little cub that's oh that's yeah bad weather plane. and uh it's just a you know it's a, it's a good solid little plane it, mm-hmm. it uh it's easy to fix after you crash and i i recommend those for people that are learning to fly they've got one out now that's got safe and yep. gps and all that stuff on it yep <clears throat> and um, 
it's a great plane other than the the gps stuff you know the the automatic landing and stuff like that mm-hmm. i recommend if you get one just unplug the gps model and you've got a great plane right right okay so my question is then you start collecting all these planes do you always hang on to everything or maybe you crash one do you just try to fix it and keep a hold of it do you go to swap meets and you know after a certain amount that you have you're like you know what i really haven't flown this plane and because this is kind of what i do if i really haven't flown you know one of my planes for about a year or so or sometimes uh you know i have one that's even longer i'm like you know what it's time to retire that i'm going to a swap meet somebody else can enjoy this plane and i'll get something new or do you keep everything Well, that was a pretty big question. Uh, <laughs> I would have to just say yes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, there we have it. To everything. Uh, to everything. No, I, I keep a lot of stuff. Um, if you saw my hangar, you'd know that, yeah, I probably keep too much. But, but I do fly most everything I've got. I even keep some of the dead ones. Uh, you know, the, the plane I learned how to fly on, it's – it's directly above my head right now, and I can get it down right now and put a battery in it and fly it. It looks pretty rough, but uh, it still flies. Mm-hmm. But there's some that, that don't fly anymore, and, and uh, I, I, I stick them way up in the rafters up against the uh, the, the ceiling joists out here in the hangar. But I do, I, I do a lot of trading. Some of my guys, uh, you know, we, we trade back and forth stuff. Uh, I've got a couple of these F-16 uh, – the big uh, one, 105 millimeters. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I've traded back and forth to some of our members two or three times. And uh, <laughs> oh, I love to cool. trade and love to swap. But that's that's awesome. great. That uh, is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That community there. But, um, uh, and uh, you know, another favorite plane is the, um, is the Hobby King B-17. I'm really? really hoping that somebody will, will pick that up. Yeah. I, I love the B-17. That's, that's really, I think if God created an airplane, it would be the B-17. Adam Drain, are you listening? <laughs> are you listening, oh, Adam we Drain? Have, we have a diehard yes. B-17. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's what a plane ought to look like. Mm-hmm. I've got That's six hilarious. And, um, How many did you say? Did you say six? six? I think so. Oh, my and gosh. Adam's, I know he's got, like, yeah. loving this. And I fly I fly one of those most most days. Wow. I've got I've got some of them set up with FPV cameras in the in the turrets, and we uh, we've got several sets of goggles, and we'll let the kids wear the goggles as we're flying around, and they can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, watch from the ball turret view or the top turret view. But back to uh, as far as you know, it's funny. I've got a a wide range in taste in airplanes. I, I like everything from the old biplanes to. I've got one of the Cessna, the big carbon Z Cessna 150s, and mm-hmm. I like I like putting first timers on that thing. I'll get it up flying, and then just hand them the radio, and they're like, "I don't want to fly this." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> if you're if you're not going to fly it, it's going to crash." <laughs> but they'll, they'll start flying and, and realize it's not. It, you know, it's a very easy plane to fly. Yes, I found that in training. I'm I'm an instructor at our other club, and I found that the the best thing in, in teaching someone to fly is making them feel confident, mm-hmm. giving them, you know, getting them up in something that's not going to be real tricky to fly, you know, dumb it down with a lot of expo and yeah. low rate and, uh, you know, let them be successful at making several circuits and then 
teach them how to take off and, and not, you know, try to just throw them in the fire all at once. Right. And right. That, that's been, uh, I've seen that that's worked really good. Adam says, I have a new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, George, have you found too, I've noticed uh, some of the, the, you know, a lot of people, you know, when you go to train or help somebody learn how to fly, they got something really small, you know, a little trainer plane or a little cub or something. But when you hand them that big giant plane, you know, like you just said, the Cessna 150, which a friend of ours has one of those, and it really is a great flying airplane you know it's that intimidation factor of this big giant like oh my gosh i can't fly exactly but when they actually get on the sticks and realize it's almost easier because it's bigger it's easier leeway yeah it's easier to see it handles the wind better you know and once they get the controls in their hands and start flying like wow this really isn't that bad you get that feedback right away like visually and Mm -hmm. stuff that you can adjust for right yep I think a lot of it is the fear of crashing something that's several hundred dollars. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, yep. that's big. I don't, I don't think it's so much the size of it that intimidates people. I mean, it may, but, but, uh, it's like with jets. I still, you know, when I get a, when I made my new F4, uh, free wing, I was like, you know, shaking like crazy. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, and then, then it comes off the ground and just flies so good. I mean, it really surprised me. I, I I really expected it to be a handful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing how quickly they can become, become relaxing once you yeah. get them up there, and they do respond well like that too. It's like, oh, thank yeah. God, <laughs> hey, sigh of relief. Hey, you you sparked a question, George. I'm curious to know what airplane was your scariest maiden. Ooh. I would probably say my P38 because I was. Uh, you know, a novice flyer at the time. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it has a really fast sink rate cause it's a heavy plane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I really wasn't used to that. I was used to flying the, uh, Catalina and the, uh, the Dynam C 47. And, um, I, I would say it was that P 38. I mean, I was shaking so bad that, uh, <laughs> I landed it. I tore the nose gear out of it. Oh. And uh, if you follow that thread, I was the first one to put struts, uh, you know, suspension struts on the P-38. Uh-huh. So I had this thing decked out, and everybody was asking me about how great, you know, how how's it work? You know, and I never would answer because I wasn't flying at the time. I, I had all these planes, but I, I hadn't yeah. even started flying. I didn't start flying until about April of 2016. Uh-huh. So I've just a little over two years now that I've actually been flying. And um, Wow. But um, I would say it was the P-38. Yeah, I was very, very nervous with it. Uh, you, probably another one was the A-10. Mm. That's, yeah. yeah, that A-10. Oh, like the Warthog? Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the, the bucking Bronco effect that, you know, if you, if you don't land, just just dead on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I did that a couple of times. And uh, that's when I figured out, you know, reversing the the mains would work. But now, Motion's got a, a nice set of uh, upgraded struts that eliminate all that. Yeah, is, is those pet birds we hear in the background, or is that you have a window open out there? I hear yeah, birds, and I feel like I'm hunting in my blind turkey. And all of a sudden, I'm like looking for turkeys. 
it's, yeah, I've got the door open. It's a really nice day today. Oh, that's here. awesome. It's yeah. great. It's like yeah, we're not, podcasting outside. outside. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it big time. Yeah. I'm loving it. Oh. Uh, Hey, I think uh, Andre Alpha's joined us, right? Is he? Do we have him on the yes, line? Yes, he has. I had one more question for George okay. too. Al- Alpha okay. Enos, we got you on the line. Maybe. All right, there <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Alpha. To, sure, thanks for having me. I was listening to George's uh, sweet voice, lulling yeah. me, lulling me back to sleep over here. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, for you guys, not for me. Yeah, jump, <laughs> jump right in there anytime. If you got a question for George or anything, just hop right in there, buddy. Uh, the, the best part was. Uh, Best part was that granddaughter's inheritance. That's, that's pretty Yeah, funny. that was good. <laughs> uh, Adam says uh, Mike's having flashbacks. <laughs> Actually, George, you mentioned you fly FPV. Now, do you use goggles or anything? I was wondering what gear you use when you flew FPV then. Yes, I'm I'm goggles only guy. I don't what, much what, care. For what kind do you have, if you don't mind me asking? The best kind. The... Uh, Dominator V3s. Okay. Dang it. Nice. <laughs> Dang it. I love it. I love it. Dang it. Uh, yeah, I mostly fly FPV planes. I, I'm not much into quads. I mean, I've had a few, and but um, but we do we do some really cool stuff. We've got a, a obstacle course down here for quads, and we run it with the small planes. I've got a couple of the Nano Talons that that do pretty good for that. We've got a, uh, it's neat, we've got kind of a trail through the woods where the trees grow over and, and, and connect, and we call it the slot, kind of reminiscent of uh, the slot uh, that uh, Pappy Boynton flew over uh, over in the Pacific. We named it after that. But once you get into this tunnel, you're committed, and, you, you know, it's about it's about 150 yards long. So What? That, that's a, it's a pretty good Long option. stretch, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Let's go to George's house. Yeah, no kidding. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, you come down to some of our events. We uh, <sighs> we have some pretty good sized events here. We had a multi GP race about a month ago here, mm-hmm. and uh, had a really good turnout. Had one guy come all the way from Idaho. Wow, wow. Uh, Alpha, our number one B seventeen fan, Adam Drain, wants to know how the B seventeen from Motion is coming along in development. <laughs> Oh yeah, that you mean that that three meter two hundred dollar B seventeen? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have it out uh, tomorrow. Actually, all right, there oh, you go. Man, Adam. That's about the best response you can get there. Yeah. I need to take the time uh, the time stone infinity off my gauntlet here and crank up. <laughs> I just realized it's still 2018. Sorry, we got a couple more years. Uh, <laughs> three meters, huh? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm with George. Actually, I, I love the. I love the B-17. I like what Sonic did with it when they sort of brought it back into a V-2 and hoping that uh, it can stick around. And like mm-hmm. we saw with B-24, there's people like big people like big floaty bombers, and there's, yeah. there's something about them. Um, you know, in certain markets in Europe, for example, we get it. Um, <laughs> they don't sell as well. Yeah. There. Obvious historical reasons, but for here it is because our daddies and grandpas are running it really is closer to um to home in a lot of ways and uh gosh i i'd like to see more of them i like to see more big bombers personally yeah i'd love to see a b29 i'd see a link you know who knows who knows what i have behind me i don't know see. right 
the B twenty four is awesome. That's that's another one of my favorites. I mean, uh, I got in several flights on my uh, the Dragon and his tail B twenty four yesterday, and it's just such a good flying plane. Oh, you did uh, the full body uh, graphic from Cali, right? Yeah, yeah. It, that's one of my favorites. It really is. That uh, if, if you said you can only keep four or five planes, that would be one of them. Hmm. Wow. You're bringing it out. Uh, you're bringing it out in a couple of weeks, right, George? Actually, we're heading out Friday morning. Gosh, I guess this is, <laughs> there's that time stone again. Yeah, you know what day? Yeah, we've uh, we finished the bomber RV. If you've been following us on Facebook, <laughs> we took a um, a big thirty uh, one foot RV and painted it up like a B twenty four bomber. No kidding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, same pictures, it. guys. You gotta go to hobbysquawk.com. It's uh, it's it's wild. Yeah, there's a thread there on it. Just do <laughs> a search for uh, yeah, tire down aviation project. You should be able to find it. But, we gotta uh, check that, that out. Thing's, that crazy thing's guys, man. <laughs> wow. Loaded down now. It's got. I think I've got twelve planes in it right now, and probably probably about fifteen to twenty more go in it before we head out. Now is it is it a camper on top or is it or just a trailer? No, it's a it's a motor home. Oh gosh! <laughs> Rolling mecca, gentlemen. Wow. Yeah, we pull. We've got <laughs> a little uh, Kawasaki mule we pull behind it. That's our uh, our runaround vehicle when we go to events. It's got a big deck built on top of it to haul planes on. Unreal. But, uh, Okay, we mentioned this hobby not being so expensive. Well, if you go that route, <laughs> yeah. it might be a little Motor more expensive. <laughs> yeah. um, well, speaking, uh, you guys just happened to talk uh, mention Joe Nall, so why don't we jump in that, uh, talk about that a little bit. Now, none of us here, at least at RC After Hours, have never actually made it down there. It's uh, Not that I wouldn't want to. Oh, yeah, I'd I mean, <laughs> love to try to get down there, but it always seems to be at the really busy season for us, especially with sports and baseball and things going on and work. Um, but, you know, George, talk about it a little bit, why that event is so special. Uh, I know it's a huge event. I, I know some people that have been there, and they're like, you just can't grasp how big it is. You know, you literally have to have a golf cart or a bicycle yeah. or something to, to get to, to one end. everything there. Yeah, yeah to the cool. other. But what do you really like, you know, about Joe Knoll? Why do you keep going back there every year? Well, I mean, there's there's several reasons. It, you know, the facility itself, the Triple Tree Aerodrome, is, is basically the Garden of Eden of aviation. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It's... It's like 400 acres of some of the best manicured Bermuda grass you've ever seen. It's like 400 acres of a, a putting green. Wow. And, uh, you know, camping everywhere. There's a lot of uh, full hookup sites that get booked up really fast. But then there's just, you know, there's 400 acres you can camp. You know, as long as you're not camping on the runway, you're mm-hmm. you're pretty good shape. And everybody's so helpful there when you pull up to the welcome center you're greeted by people that love the hobby and most of them are volunteers they always have a smile on their face and very helpful with any questions i remember the first time i went you know didn't know in didn't know what to expect didn't know anything about the site and i mean it you know it's over a mile from one end to the other holy cow it, it's so large 
And uh, yeah, last I mean, year they had a thousand campers. I want to say a thousand, eleven hundred or so. Mm-hmm. Imagine a space that fits that many campers wow. <laughs> and the roads. And they were talking about expanding the electric line, if I remember correctly. Gosh, yeah. I hope so. And the, the electric line now is, is awesome. They they built a, a open ended hangar down there that's huge, and uh, that's where motion will be set up inside of that. Um, you know, it's got electricity there. Uh, you know, every time you turn around, there's a nice um, there's there's a porta porta potties everywhere, and they're all cleaned meticulously two or three times a day. I mean, if you know, it's just it's just excellence in RC. It, everything about Triple Tree is done exactly right. Mm-hmm. No shortcuts anywhere. You don't see any kind of anything that's unsafe. Uh, the main hangar where uh, all the warbirds and other planes are are stored. You know, the full scale stuff. I mean, you could eat off the floor. It's just absolutely pristine. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't been, you need to go. And once you start going, I, I don't. It's like flying every day. Once you start, I, I don't think you can really stop. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> uh, it's like a professional level of flying yes. <laughs> in my mind, or an area for professional yeah. flying. Well, the, the good thing about yeah, it, professional I mean, level, you see sponsored, you see sponsored pilots there that are doing all this crazy wild three D stuff, and people flying these, you know. Twenty thirty thousand dollar turbine jets, oh. and you also you see a little guy with his dad standing there, and he's flying a little uh, UMX Cub. So, you know, it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody. You know, the first time I went, I flew it, Joe. Nall took my P thirty eight and flew it. I was right out there flying with some of the you know best pilots in the world. No intimidation factor keep- for you. It was at first, but you know they they just make you feel so at home. You know, uh-huh. you know, we'll come up and volunteer a spot for you, and and um, just a fantastic experience. That's awesome. I, I just can't go on enough about how good it is. Uh, I, I kept hearing about Joan Allis, Joan Allis. I'm like, what? Who is Joan All? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, but once I went, I, I literally had chills when I first crested the hill and saw. <laughs> The facility wow. you got that huge lake that you can fly your float planes in mm-hmm. and uh remote control boats if you want to and uh yeah if i if i won a mega millions lottery i would i would try to duplicate triple tree <laughs> wow nice uh, i think all of us put here <laughs> yeah. yeah quick question though um since it is so big uh, I, you know, obviously, like you said, though, they fly everything there, small electric up to turbine jets, even though it is that size. Does it get kind of, I'm just speculating because I, even at Flight Fest here, you know, w- which is just an all electric, sometimes during the day it gets so busy out there that, you know, if you have kind of a nicer plane or whatever, you really almost don't want to go out and fly because you're a little congested. Yeah, and, and you're like, man, I, I, maybe I just better wait. You know, it, it gets pretty tricky. So down there with it being that large, but I know there's a lot of people there. Is it is it congestion? Yeah. How is yeah. it with the uh, everybody trying to fly all them different things, you know, at once down there? Well, on the main flight line, it's, you know, it's very scheduled. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that's flying on the main 
the main line up there. So, you know, that's that's very well organized. Then you have um, the 3D area that's on the opposite end of the uh, of the facility, and it's really nice. It's got its own runway and uh, nice uh, pavilion and everything there for that. So all that's done on that end. And I'm not really sure how they organize that down there, but I'm, you know, I never really see any congestion down there. I, I'd say the only place you see some congestion, people standing in line to wait to fly, is on the electric line. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen more than maybe two or three people uh, at each flight stand waiting to fly. And that's at the peak times of the day. Right. If you get up early, go out and fly in the morning, you know, there's no waiting. It's... Uh, and it seems it's like they're catering to that. They saw that as well because we heard that they're possibly expanding that. So they're trying, you know, they're keeping yeah. that. They're seeing where the congestion is, and it sounds like they're addressing it as, yeah. as far as what I yeah. just got from you guys. So There's yeah. also two control line pads there, too. And wow. uh, the main thing you want to do down there is you don't fly over the control line, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Who, who did that? Yeah. Yeah. That's like uh, flying through a kite kite display or something. <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they, they get very testy when you do that. Oh, I bet. But no, they, they have it so well organized and there's volunteers everywhere and they're, you know, it's obvious who they are. They have, uh, you know, the triple tree shirts on. A lot of times they'll have like a safety vest if they're a, like a uh, field Flight marshal. Yeah. And um, it's just, like I said, it, everything they do is done excellent. It's, um, yeah, well, it's, 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 now, it's probably – I've been to a lot of different kind of events over the years of different hobbies, and I actually was a, a, a event coordinator when I was into the rock crawling. Cool. Hobby. And I, I've never seen events ran that good. And you think about how many people are there. I mean, you know, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I think – I want to say like – well, I can't remember the number exactly, but well over a thousand pilots registered, and uh, just you know, everything is just so well organized. I mean, they they really thought this out well, and it, it all the flight lines are so spread out that you really don't have any, uh, you know. I mean, I've seen a few mid air collisions. I was actually involved in one. <laughs> um, if you know, if you follow Hobby Squawk, you know OV ten on there. He. he uh, he came up underneath me with an A-10 and hit the bottom of my E-flight Corsair. Mm-hmm. And you'd think the little 1200 Corsair would have been toast. Yeah. Well, my, my prop cut right through the, his top hatch and cut his receiver in half. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was dead in the water. Oh. OV, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it it was bad. That, that, that A-10 went straight into this huge tree over on the edge of the oh. flight line. And it was it was the most sickening sound, but I was actually able to limp the Corsair back in and still flying it today with a proud A-10 kill on the couch. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. And, uh, hopefully you developed a good friendship out of that collision. <laughs> See, you collide with someone and it can end up very positive. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah. I know last year in Florida for uh, Flight Fest South, uh, 
I saw a, uh, a Carbon Z T-28 get taken out twice, and the sound of a larger foam airplane going in is just stunning. Yeah. It's one thing when a small, like, 11 or 1,200 mil go in, but when right. a big sucker goes yeah. in, wow. It's, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yeah. there's quite the sound. So an E-10, uh, so, so what happened when the receiver failed? Did it just, did it go full throttle and take off or just dead stick? It was pretty much full throttle, and it, it, it just went straight in. Sorry. Oh, wow. that, yeah. that's, that's quite the sight. Wow. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Now, was it stay, did it stay in the tree? Did they recover it? Was it even worth it? <laughs> Some of it stayed in the tree. And OV, OV, he's like, you know, he he's retired. He's... I think in his 60s, he climbed about 30 feet up in that tree. Wow. <laughs> Better shape than most 19-year-olds. But he climbed 30 feet up in that tree and still had to take a stick to poke the, the main chunk of it out. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a total loss. I mean, maybe the fans were okay, but yeah, it, it destroyed it. We picked up pieces for 30 minutes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yep. So, George, I, I, I want to ask, I think, I believe it was last year when they had all the weather and the rain. So, were you one of the only ones out there when they were having all this nasty weather out there flying something? Or, and if you were, did other people see you and go, hey, he's flying, screw it, we're going to get out there too? No, I mean, I, last year, I got there, I think, on Wednesday, and we had good weather the whole time. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, I was there Wednesday through Saturday morning, and um, it, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was weather. good. That That's been the year before. Year, so. Yeah, it was the year before was that they the year got before? flooded out, I think. I remember the one year they got, yeah, okay. a ton of rain down there. Um, yeah. The other thing, too, George, I forgot to ask you earlier, are you strictly all electric, or do you dabble in any gas, or is that something that's crossed your mind of maybe trying some gas, bigger gas stuff? No, I don't really hear anything about gas. I've, there's one plane hanging up in here that's a gas plane. It's, it's uh, it actually belongs to one of my friends, and it's just for looks. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a big cub, and, and uh, he had it in a storage building, and I think mice ate all the wiring out of it. <laughs> we just hung it up. It's, it's a good looking. It's a it's just a big cub, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just don't care anything about it. I mean, it's. You know, it's messy. It's yeah. troublesome. I like to grab a plane and throw a battery in it and go fly. Right. Yeah. I think that's where this hobby has really <clears throat> excelled, say, within the last five to six years. Um, it, it's that that option to just, as you said, you know, grab it and go. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm going to leave this airplane and this remote in the trunk of my car and I yeah. can fly at any park or, or uh, you know, that that's uh, that's suitable for it. But uh, even like things like a DLG or something, you know, or just every time I go on a walk, there's this one park. And I'm like, I really wish I'd brought the DLG because mm-hmm. I could just flung that thing and had some right. good times. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, we we have people here, you know, at Tired Iron Aviation. You know, you can fly anything you want here. Nice uh, guys that fly gas, and uh, you know, big three D planes. Mm-hmm. A couple of our members have full scale stuff, and they'll come by and buzz us every once in a while. <laughs> awesome. Now, uh, Alpha, uh, 
I believe this year Motion RC is going to have a, a good presence down there at Joe Nall. And I wonder if you could talk us through a little bit uh, what they're bringing down there, if they're doing any demos. Maybe you guys are bringing some new planes down there. Just uh, let us know what's what Motion is going to be doing down there at Joe Nall this year. Yeah, it's sort of coming full circle. I think a few months ago we were talking about, I think you guys were asking, are we, what do we think about events? And I think I said back then, we, we love events. Um, going out and flying with our friends that happen to be customers or, or not, that's fine too. Um, just the whole idea of being able to go out and, and have fun, watch some crashes, you know, maybe watch the guy picking an A-10 out of a tree. Mm. Hopefully it's not your 10. Yeah. But, um, and so so this year we're we're really excited that we've been able to sort of corral the team and, and, and get some people where we can show up and make a good showing of it. We were there last year with the A-10 and a couple of other aircraft, but this year we're going to set up shop like like the usual suspects do with Hobby King. I think Horizon will be there and mm-hmm. FMS. And, uh, speaking of the electric guys, and of course, I think what to bring it back to what George was talking about earlier, what we love about Null is that it it's, it's, sort of, it's diversity. I mean, you can see everything, everything. there. Um, yeah. Every single thing. I mean, Pat Hartness and his team, a little history on, on what Pat Hartness and Joe Nall did as friends in the 80s um, to put together an event and really built on their own friendship, put together an event where RC people could come. And now over the past I don't know, 17, 18 years or so now, they've had this area um, that's huge. And it's used for general aviation, by the way, for listeners who, who are just they keep hearing us say Joe Nall, Joe Nall. Go to Triple Tree. Triple Tree. Yeah, yeah Triple Tree Aerodrome.com and read all about this this 501c3 and these two just really inspirational gentlemen and just the generosity of Pat Hartness and, and all the volunteers who are able to put these sort of top caliber GA and RC events uh, on their calendar throughout the year. So, so this year, our little piece of the pie is we want to go, we want to participate and, and not just let friends like George have all the fun. I, unfortunately, I won't be there. Um, I'm going to be, um, I'm, I'm still out here in Asia parked at our factories, but, um, we're going to send some guys out, pilot Ryan and captain Mike will be there and a couple of other, our team members and George, uh, I think Steve Rogers is coming. It's Captain America, by the way, and see <laughs> he's coming. Uh, we'll, we'll have a few of our of our local friends coming to 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 fly. So if you if any of you out there listening want to come check us out, we are going to have maybe we'll have a few planes there. I don't know if they'll be new or not. We'll mm-hmm. love to see. Mm-hmm. But um, mm. when you have to rent U-Hauls and stuff, it usually means you're bringing some fun kit. Wow. And. Uh, other than that, I, I think I'd encourage everyone to to come out and check us out, if anything, because we're going to have giveaways and raffles, and I think we're, we're giving out an obscene amount of aircraft just to get people to play with them, even if you've never seen RC or seen electric before, and um, I think it should be pretty fun. The one thing I'll say as well is that asking about the congestion on the flight line, yeah. I think it's one of the neat things about Nall is that because there are so many people there, there's a thousand pilots. I want to say maybe 1,500 pilots last year, probably a um, thousand campers. It is sort of this this roaring hive of activity, and yet at the same time, there's a lot to see. 
you can walk to booths like ours and everyone's going to have a booth with new planes, old planes and, and meet yeah. people. And so in that sense, when I'm ever there, sort of answer that, that question for myself is the congestion isn't really that big of an issue because you know how it is. We're going to talk, we're going to fly twice and talk all day. That's me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, you're going to walk around, you're going to, you're going to get bunions and corns and, <laughs> and try to bum around someone else's golf cart. And then you're going to fly like, once and charge a battery and then go gawk at everyone else's stuff. <laughs> yep. Like bikes, uh, shifting funds out of the checking account and stuff. And, and then the day's done. Yeah. So that's the reality of events like this. And if people happen to get to see what we're doing, you know, that'll be neat too. Boy, you, <laughs> I, I, I want to so, go yeah. <laughs> so bad here. Yeah. Now. You hit the nail right oh, on the head. That is me love. to a T. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay, we flew. We're done. Let's, Let's go, go walk. Yeah. Look yeah. around, right. see what other toys yeah. are out there. Yes. So. Yeah, I think Alpha's been stalking me when I'm at Joe and all that. Sounds like exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Transferring funds. Secret shopping, you buddy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Right. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, Alpha, I wanted to give you some props. Uh, we and I and I got to thank too. you. I can't we wait just to got thank the F one hundred and five and the P fifteen in. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. Oh, I, my, I, after doing that that discussion in our one podcast, I, yeah. I just oh, this is awesome. And awesome I, morning. I I just want to say too. Um, I was really impressed with how you guys did the packaging and the boxing on these things. I couldn't believe actually how small like. When they showed up on the doorstep and I'm looking at it, it said Motion RC, I was like, there's no way that that's got a, uh, a one, you know, 105 and the other one's got, especially the P15 box. Like, it is so little. I'm like, how did they, just the way you guys had it packaged, I was really impressed Thank with. You for noticing that. Yes. Yeah. I think the last podcast you asked me about that P15, what's the more, what was the most difficult aspect of it? Mm-hmm. I sort of struggled for an answer, but looking back, it was that. Putting something in as small a box mm-hmm. as possible. If you look at like the A-10, maybe George can attest, that is a big aircraft in a yeah. very reasonably compact box with with ordnance and there's eight pylons on it and eight right. missiles that are 10 inches long and all these sorts of things. And and um, that's an aspect. There are a few of us who, who really specialize in fitting things into smaller things. Because, we're, guys, we're just trying to save you from the wife. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean you're welcome. We're just, yeah. <laughs> if it looks like a shoebox, then you're going to get away with yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, because a, a, a lot of companies have it's these. It's a box of gold. And it's yeah, right. Right. You know, a lot yeah. of, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other companies have you know big fancy boxes and i'm you know i'm sure they're not cheap and you know really you know fancy packaging but just i was just impressed with how what you you know how you packaged it how it was together in the box and you know it's something i haven't seen for a while so i was just just really impressed on how you guys did all that it was impressive so i had yeah. to give you some props on that Thanks. I'm so excited. It's, I can't a, it's a fair it. question, actually. I've always wondered. We've pulled, we've done some limited polling as far as the people really want the full-on art boxes, which do cost more. Oh yeah. Um, you know, or are they cutting them up and putting them up on their walls like we used to do? Yeah. You know, as kids, hailing posters and whatnot, or, or are they right just away. sort of? Are, are they just opening the box and flying the aircraft? Right. I. I think more and more they're just flying yes um barring from i come from the gas and balsa world into electrics gas and balsa they're brown boxes mm-hmm. um you know there there is no 
the fun is one you take it out of the box, recycle the box, of course, yeah. environmentally friendly, yeah. and then yeah. and put together the aircraft. So um, we've been experimenting with some of that with our with our packaging, but um, you know, not very sexy to talk about, but it, it helps. And if it, if it saves one of our guys from from incurring the ire or the wrath of, of <laughs> you know, George, what is this box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've done our jobs right. He, mm-hmm. He's got a separate address for, for the hanger, right? <laughs> yeah, shipping the hanger. department. That's why I have him shipped to my yeah. work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, don't, don't we all have that UPS guy who, like, knows, yeah. he knows, you know, yes. Thomas yeah. the, Canada, the Canada Post guy knows my mother-in-law and had, had the wonder, most wonderful conversation. Actually, he was so happy when I transitioned from the the car hobby to the to the the RC plane because he's like the packages are way lighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no big yeah. bumpers, no headers. <laughs> right. Exactly. Transmission. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was uh, I can't remember where it was. There's one RC hobby company that ships, and they said for mm. a five dollar fee, we will a put fee. a receipt in the box for whatever amount your wife feel would like. So. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, George, I'm kind of curious what's uh, kind of, I guess, next on your radar, what's down the road, or is there something that you really kind of want that nobody has out there yet? Oh, I can answer that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, George. <laughs> Will? I really, there's two planes that Alpha needs to really get busy on. <laughs> and and one of them, you know, I've got a lot of support for it. The OV-10 Bronco. That's yeah. A, that's a must-have. You know, Freewing already has the power system, the, the retracts and everything from like the, the Tiger Cat and the P-38. We can just throw it in that baby and, and go to Mars. But that would be just an epic plane to have. And the other one, is a C-119. It's a military car- cargo. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, help me, Alpha. Uh, the, the one with their flight of Oh, okay. What is it? Yeah. <clears throat> to me, that's just uh, that's one of my favorite planes. I, I love that plane. And uh, same deal with it. You know, you could use the same power system in it. Have a functioning cargo ramp on it, you know, or not ramp, but the clamshell doors that open on the back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd love to see those two. As far as EDS, probably the uh, F-100. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. i got a good question for you, George. Why the boxcar? It's just, to me, it's just a beautiful plane. I don't know what what it is about it. It's just you know, if I back to that Mega Million uh, lottery, if if I won that, I would live in a C nine C one nineteen and live in it. <clears throat> it's just nice. uh, and it would be an easy plane to build. Yeah, it would be. It's shaped like a box. You know, it's I ask because um, it's it's an interesting thing for us. We always we always get people's wish lists um, in my seat solicited and unsolicited everyone's got their ideas of what they want to see which is which is beautiful i love 
my PM boxes fill up on three forms every other day and I check them every other month. But, um, we like to see it, but I'm always, I'm always curious as to why, hmm. um, for some people, you know, it's, it's my daddy flew in it for some people. It's because I want to live in it <laughs> millions for some people. It's, um, it's, it's, it's purely looks. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. As as the developer, I, I love to sort of hear what it is, and there are some common threads. Obviously, everyone wants a Spitfire, P fifty one, a Corsair. They're sort of they're the aircraft that people think of when they think of a of a of an Allied warbird. Mm-hmm. Um, and and increasingly, as I think we've talked about this before, as we dig deeper and deeper into uh, into other types of aircraft, the P-15 being a great example, and trying to bring something to the fore that most people probably it wasn't on their list, didn't even know that it existed. Um, now that we're getting deeper and deeper into sort of that foray, it's it's always interesting to see if we're still hitting those points. Is it are we are we still resonating with people? Is does it look cool enough? Is that why they would have bought it in the first place? Does it have a historical component that maybe people? are looking for um you know does it have that live in me type uh feeling (laughs) (laughs) you know we're all sort of searching for that um Mm -hmm. and uh george and i know offline we all airplanes that he wants and him and his boys anyway i'd encourage all listeners to sort of wonder i mean you know, gut check yourself why do we love the planes that we love some of the aircraft we were really really passionate about yeah. Um, you know, I think we should understand why. Uh, Alpha, I have a, you brought up a good point, and uh, you are the perfect person to ask about this. And it's kind of a two part question just because it, it reminded me of a few podcasts ago. We were all kind of discussing what would we like to see. And, and one thing, though, since you were talking about the, uh, uh, the boxcar is. I don't think I haven't really seen at least a, a good one. Why hasn't anybody uh, tried like the C one thirty? You know, four engine plane with a big cargo bay in the back that you could stuff things in and drop out the back. And it's got history, obviously. Yeah, and it's been around it. forever. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really, off the top of my head, I can't, I can't think, think of, of anybody that's really got a good one out or something. You know, in the sixty seventy uh, does it inch not scale range. down well? Yeah, maybe, I'm assuming. Is, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you sort of hit on it. I want to say about, about 10 years ago or so, hobby people had a C-130. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was pretty small. I, I had two of them. I can't remember the wingspan. It was maybe, I don't know, 1,400-ish, uh-huh. right around there. Holy. It wasn't 16. It wasn't big. But once you get into four engines, we know this from the Freewing B-17, which which was a four engine at 1,600 millimeters. Mm-hmm. Um they, they don't scale down very well. I had an issue with the C-130. One, I mean, it's landing gear to get anywhere near scale is difficult. Um, mm-hmm. That aircraft does not have any ground clearance. If you look at right. the, uh, uh, the nose wheel, sort of the door sort of slides forward and out in certain configurations and sort of extends down almost like a glider's nose wheel. And mm-hmm. and it's sort of – it's, it's – um, it's tracked main landing gear sort of descend downward. We don't have really the geometry to pull that off unless it's big mm-hmm. or unless you sort of 
do it fixed gear and you've got half wheels hanging out, in which uh, case you still have the issue of ground clearance. And these days, increasingly, people are flying off of grass. Yeah. So do you go sort of the hobby king route with what they do with their Lancaster? Um, uh, and the, and No, sorry, not the Lancaster. Where, where you make it smaller? I think that was like 11, 1200. And that flew pretty well. And then you're just not expecting it to be a big grass bomber. Right. Um, or four engine aircraft in this context, or do you go really big? Do you go two meter or 2.2? Seeing the B-24 now at two meters, mm-hmm. and, and, and George's beloved 1875 millimeter B-17, it's really hard to be, I think, successful. And by that, I mean appealing to a wide enough amount of masses to make it financially feasible. Right. If it's sub two meter, you know, gotcha. anything, Anything sort of smaller, you're going to run into issues. As as a as a subject matter, though, I think the Hercules certainly deserves you know more um, more than it gets. The, the the Hercules, the Buff. I mean, these are aircraft that have been with us for decades. Yeah. Yeah. Decade. They're going to be with us for a lot longer. There's some really, uh, lot and some first. really good Canadian liveries out there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there indeed there are. I mean, and variants <laughs> that are used across. Um, you know, across nations and across yeah. time. So it's an interesting one. I, I hope someone does it. I, I think it would be neat. But yeah. um, Okay. So part, are too- part two of this question is, is a few podcasts ago, we were all discussing you know, what we would like to see or why hasn't anybody done anything. And one of the big things that came up that we all agreed on is we would all like to see some commercial airliners, which brought us up to the old E-Flight oh, airliner. That even today, yeah. that thing, the videos of it, watching it fly and the sound and everything is amazing. So why hasn't anybody done any commercial airlines? I I think they would be fairly easy. They would fly good. Now with electric retracts, you could have some awesome looking retracts and you know do the flaps and it would be awesome. But nobody seems to be doing that. Yeah, see, that's that's another one. Um, <laughs> anyone who loves who loves airliners, and and myself and Mark Getzey, one of our co-owners, he he's we've been talking about this for years. Mm-hmm. You know, Supreme Hobby had a pretty neat three S twenty two hundred powered uh, Airbus. It was it was on the smaller end, but it could fly inverted and sort of t- ticked all of the um, boxes for me. <laughs> Vis-a-vis making all the old guys, you know, choke on their peanuts in, in the, in the, <laughs> on the flight line watching me scrape oh, vertical. But um, we sort of, I would, I would answer, and this is me again surmising for my my small part of the of the RC pie. When we're talking in the context of say foam electrics, mm-hmm. um, it's difficult to pull off landing gear convincingly. Um, hmm. I have. I had all the I had the E flight and I've had a few of Ming's sorry not Ming. Um, um I'm trying to blank here. Uh, where, where I know it? who you're talking about. Is it free free uh no. What uh what was that? Uh, wind oh wind rider wind rider? Wind rider, thank you. Yes. Gosh, I just totally threw a blank there. I yeah. put together two of those kits and they're gorgeous. And if you look at the people online on RC groups and whatnot who put these aircraft together, they're works of art. Mm-hmm. Um it's just they don't have for mass produced sort of the, the numbers that we need to hit in PNPs. It's really difficult to appeal to that many people because by and large, you're going to need to pave surface. If the wingspan is less than 
1500 meters or anything less than two meters, you're going to need really big wheels yeah. that are non-scale and you're going to need a lot of them. The Airbus has what, 15, yeah. um, or you're cheating and you're going sort of three wheels, which is okay. But that yeah. again, alienates the people who are looking for that airliner feel. Right. So for true skill, you're going big, which are out there. There are these film kits that you can, you can buy for a few hundred bucks and put together and, and have that huge airliner. But, but then we sort of price ourselves out of that mass PNP market. Mm-hmm. So it's a challenge. I, I certainly think that now we've, we, we are at a place where, the industry could pull off one or two because the EDFs of yesteryear are are, are phased out. They're yeah. much more powerful. There's more. They're more efficient. They're they're not yes. going to sound like they're they're screeching. Um, and there are better efficiencies, I think, in reliability with with electronic components and retracts. And people know a bit better about how you're going to test that that wing and um, reduce mm-hmm. <laughs> flex into a fuselage like that. So some of the engineering challenges, what I'm saying, can be more easily. Uh, approach, but it, it's it's still I hate to be that guy. It still comes down to um, to the financials of it. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that everyone sort of spams us and says, "We heard you on the podcast. That's <laughs> malarkey. We all want it." And, yeah. and then we can sort of really go into it. But frankly, I, I would I wouldn't make one less than two and a half meters. Wow. Just from experience with you know, and, yeah. it, and it wouldn't be cheap. So, right. But. On that subject, we giggled because we had had that last podcast and like the oh, next yeah. day and I throw in the link up, Horizon flips out the picture and I was like, they're right. And I was they're like, oh, it, no. it was just, it was just the throwback Thursday thing. And I was so excited going, oh my God, they're going to actually release the, the airliner again. Yeah. You know? And no, yeah. no. but it was just the timing was just eerily coincidental. Right. And I'm like, no, you guys aren't listening to the podcast, are you? Yeah. <laughs> loud. <laughs> High horizon. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're cool. I think, um, yeah, I think an A320, which is, I think, a beautiful aircraft, it's a twin, a, a lot simpler to implement than, say, a, a, a four-banger. Sure. Like the A380 would be, yep. would be easier. It, it only has, uh, I want to say it only has, it only has six wheels, actually. On the A320, so that's an aircraft, you know, just spitballing here. If Horizon's listening, mm-hmm. um, you know, of an aircraft, of an aircraft to do. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think we need, we need people. I mean, the bottom line is, if you want something, you gotta let us know. Yeah, We're all- um, it it was just kind of funny because at least us on this small group, we've had the discussion before with our other buddies that we fly with and everything. We all all really agreed, like. You know, we'd like to see some kind of airliner. I think it would be really cool. And uh, a few of the guys didn't even know about the old e-flight plane. We were, I was showing them videos, and they're like, "That thing is amazing!" Like, even though it was old and kind of outdated and, and had fixed gear, they're like, "I'd fly that. That is cool. It looks awesome in the air." So it's huge and looks great presence, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, right. Um, another question from Michael Rosnick, and I kind of wondered the same thing. If say you guys did pursue something like that. How far would you go into uh, detail with everything? It would would it be possible to do like the slats, the spoilers, um, like he said, the double slotted uh, flower flaps? Is that something that you could try to do, or would it have to be more generic just to keep the cost down? Yes. Yeah, so I've heard, and I, I like to repeat: there are three things in in 
maybe product development. You can apply it to other things in life. I mean, you, you can get it done quickly. You mm-hmm. can get it done well. You can get it done cheap. Pick two. Um, <laughs> gotcha. And so we, we've done, we've done slats on, on our T45. Um, mm-hmm. Our Freewing 90 millimeter T45 was the first uh, plug and play aircraft in the world with, with electrically driven proper slats. Um, not LEVs, but, but actual leading edge slats. And, um, and it was great. But when it came time for sort of the F-14 and other aircraft that we've since released with them, we found that in those instances, they didn't, they, they weren't worth the impact in cost and weight and complexity for how they affected how the aircraft flew. Yeah, the, so, F-8, the F-14, that would be mind-boggling trying to figure out that mechanism. Yeah, well, well our, actually, our, our CNC prototype had it. We, we just sort of adapted it in, and, and it was difficult. Mm. And then it really it needs to be worth the weight and worth the cost. Yeah. Um, I mean, few people, it may, it may not sound like this, but Few people want a full bird scale uh, airliner more than I do. Um, you know, Todd Breda listening to this, I mean, that Concorde he keeps busting me oh, about. Wow. I mean, people, people, they they certainly have their appeal, but it's how many I can make it. How many people are going to pay the price that it would be? Um, yeah. I, I just we've yet to see that it's there. So you mm-hmm. can sort of hear it in my voice. I'm. I'm trying to prime. I'm priming your listeners to yes. barge down the doors and say, you know, we're here. Right, right. <laughs> um, that's what we need. But but implementing LEDs is sort of easy. Electric retracts, um, things like that. And we sort of look at the price point and see: do you do you put in standard flaps? Do you put in Fowlers? Do you build in hidden hinges and and gapless gapless hinges? Do you you actually do slats and all those sorts of things. That depends on on how we mark up a project before we begin, right? I think we talked about this before as far mm-hmm. as making projections. How many people actually want this thing? What is it going to cost us to, to, to deliver it to people? How many months, how many years, how many people are going to be involved in this project? It really sort of needs to pencil out. We try to be responsible in those decisions. So, again, let me know. Wow. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. Oh wow! Uh, about airliners for you guys. I mean, we're talking about about uh, jet driven. What mm. about what about like a constellation? Does that hold yeah. any? Oh, absolutely! That, that would that be amazing. Would really well. I mean, right? I think yes. so. What do you think, George? Are you a, are you a Connie fan? Love the Connie. I'll take, car, I'll take two. I'll take two. Yeah, I'll take two. <laughs> I'll take two. Uh, <laughs> So, and with an airliner, would you have to license the the paint scheme from from you know whoever you pick? Um, I, mm. I'm gonna guess yes because mm. I know that I need to license the aircraft itself. I'm I'm certain the paint the guy who painted it <laughs> will will want something too. Or well, like the airline branding, I should you know. Well, I guess if you went with one that was defunct, I suppose you know you're not going to be bugged. We'll make it a Pan Am or something. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. Pan Am. That would be awesome. Pan Am colors were neat back in the day. I know. You know I part of the fun with us is, as far as licensing is, we like to reach out and say, hey, can we, can we, can we, we think we're, yeah. we think we're doing the aircraft a solid. We're bringing it back in the sky, you know? I think, uh, yeah. New generations are going to see that aircraft fly with, with your colors. Yeah. Mr. Pan Am or whoever right. he or she could be, right. you know? 
I think it's a I think we're the good guys here. Yeah, absolutely. I think they would be absolutely thrilled on something like yes. that to bring it back that, you know, other people can actually fly one of their, you know, scale aircraft from back in the day and the paint scheme and oh, that would be awesome. I'm all about the retro stuff. Buttons sure. or Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's your obscure movie reference. Mm. Buttons or Velcro. I like it. Wow. Said that. Huh? That wasn't in the uh Howard, oh, uh, who just said it here? Me. Oh, nice. Buttons, buttons or Velcro, right? And that was like the curtain reference in the airline. Anyhow, carrying <laughs> on. <laughs> it all went over our head. I was like, what? Mm. Uh, what movie did they mention about the cargo plane? Or the, I couldn't hear uh, when everyone was debating. Yeah, the boss. Flight of the Phoenix. Oh, Flight, Flight of the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. okay. Just like, because that didn't come clear, and I was like, what one are they talking about? I'll have to go check it out. Yeah. It looks like a P-38 um, with a double boom tail and a a really chubby-tubby fuse. (laughs) I think it looks cool. I think another neat aircraft that's sort of a twin in in that vein is the the caribou. Um, One of the few de Havilland birds, actually, that the U.S. military ran. Um, George, you know the one I'm talking about? It basically looks like a boxcar. Instead of a twin boom, it's it's like... it's it's a P thirty eight is to a box car as a tiger cat is to a caribou. It's right. got a standard standard uh, empennage there, and then a really really big vertical. But it's got the rear doors like a C one thirty. It's sort of a it's a wacky look, but but I like it. And oh, the yeah. Cursor I just it. can you spin it. Yeah, I just pulled it pulled it up on uh, Google. That is a really kind of funky. Look Google here, but yeah, Google away, and everyone can. What I'm talking about. Oh, wow. I mean, I think you could knife edge pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the pallets are go flying. That's no yeah. big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Say, George, you mentioned um, you've got you've got cameras and, and whatnot on your B-17, your B-24. Do you have um, do you have candy drops as well? No, not on not on the bombers. You know, that's something none of my B seventeens or the B twenty fours have working bomb bays, but I've got I've got some other planes for that kind of stuff. We uh um, nothing for a parachute drop either, right? There really isn't anything on the in the foam market other than like mm. the P six. Well um, I mean, we we do um FPV parachutists here and uh I've got a, a bush mule. Yes and we dropped little uh parachute guys with, with a little fpv camera on them no way oh, gotta do that gotta do that oh, James so love fun. that yeah and it's uh it's pretty neat and then after you drop him you know you'll fly around him so that you know you can see him oh on the video. my you, gosh nice. yeah, if you go out to if you go out to the tired iron aviation youtube channel you can see some videos of that mm-hmm that's that that's pretty neat. Yeah, because we we've uh, we got a couple bush mules here too, and um, we drop the parachute guys out of it all the time for the kids. And I mean, that's one of their favorite things. But F, I never thought about FPV. Strap, and now that's how small the cameras are. It's yeah. Really oh my get gosh. Some, get some get some actuated servo action in there for the parachuter. You know, and yeah. have some fun. Oh my yeah. gosh. We got to do that. Next generation stuff. <laughs> Hey George, have you ever lost a plane? Nice, <laughs> completely. Ooh, completely. Yes, ne- never lost one completely. No kidding. Um, I bring that up because uh, I I thought I lost one, but it was discovered 
when I showed my okay, my, I'll give a little yeah, story here. Get the story because I don't remember this. All right, this was probably seven, seven, eight years ago. I'm guessing. Um, I was flying out at my parents' house, uh-huh. and I had a kinetic. Was it 800 or whatever? Yep. The Hobby King. Yep. And I lose sight. I mean, it was going over the apex of the house from my perspective, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay, it's only going to be gone a second. Yeah. And I thought it would pop out the other side. Yeah. No pop out. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it go, it's gone. gone. And I'm looking at the name, like my dad, my grandma lived in front of my dad's house. Uh-huh. And then his cousin lives in front of him directly. Yep. So I figured it was in one of those two lots, maybe. I looked and looked and there's some real tall pine trees, 100 footers. And I'm, I eventually gave up, but I know Chad Capper came out with his FPV to try yep. with his hexacopter, I think, at the time. Yep, yep. <laughs> and we're, we're doing aerial searches for it, trying to see it in these pine trees. We looked, I bet, three or four days for that thing, and it's gone. Well, I take my turkey over to show my uh, my dad's cousin, mm-hmm. and he's like, didn't you lose a plane? And they had since removed them 100-footer trees. I thought they would discover it then when the lum- you know, they cut all those down. Yeah nothing he's like didn't you lose a plane like a few years ago well we found it and it was in my grandma's front yard no way it's which is probably 200 yards straight away or maybe 150 yards straight away from where i last perspective of it Uh uh-huh and i guess it was in one of her littler pine trees and they they didn't show me the remnants but i I always considered that a completely lost i thought it was in the next county (laughs) wow but then, lo and behold, he's like, "Do you?" He's like, "There's probably nothing to say." I'm like, "No, I didn't even go look at it." But they did discover it. Uh-huh. I gotta let Chad know too that the plane has been found because he put a lot of time and effort looking for that. And how many? Uh, how many years? Seven late, years ago. Seven years. I'm thinking seven, seven or eight. years. And they seven <laughs> years. I want a photo at least. Yeah, I should have brought it in. I might still be able to get it. I, I might be able to still get it because it is a relative. So we'll yeah. see. I'll see if I can get it back. Maybe That's amazing. Studio and see how, how it maybe, held up. Maybe the battery will charge. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you you got to go retrieve it just for kicks. I mean, yeah. Yes, I, I wish I had it. I'd have brought it in, and it might still be in the tree. He said they discovered it. So oh. I'm, hope, I'm hoping it came down. I don't even know for that sure, but he he funny. said they found it. So yeah, you got to do it, Mike. We got to go get it. Got to got to go get it. Seven years. It's hanging in the studio. We'll get a spot. And we'll hang it up. Uh, I'll see what I can do getting that back. It's a yep. funny story though. That that. So now I have recovered one of my losses, mm-hmm. <laughs> supposedly. One, yeah, that's true. Hey, and yeah, and hey. the only one I truly lost completely now is my H quad. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll never story. find that thing. <laughs> that's yeah. in a deep forest yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Some deer antler. Yeah. Uh, George, so, I, I don't know if we asked you then. Um, did, did we ask you what was your absolute worst crash that you've had? I mean, obviously, I you said so, you yeah. uh, you haven't lost any, but uh, and you said you, you do crash. So what has been your worst one? The worst crash, I think, was probably I've had two worst crashes, and they were both the uh, the rare bear. Really, the rare bear. The, yeah. Now, was that the uh, E Flight rare bear? Yes. Okay. Yeah, on six S. Oh, gee, oh, man, there's your problem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, first one was a. Uh, I had over tightened the screws that hold the uh, horizontal uh, stab on mm-hmm. and, and lost one side and it spun into the ground probably about 120 miles an hour. Wow. And it was so bad that it, when it hit, it the battery bounced up about six feet in the air and, and about the time it reached 
its apex burst into flames. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was, Perfect it was timing. Spectacular. If I'd had it on video, it would have been the most viral RC plane crash ever. Wow. And then the second one, um, this is crazy. I I clipped uh, a power line and tore about four inches off the left wing and went through a roof of a porch. And that it was crazy. You know how on the rare bear it's got the big plastic cone on it? Yeah. It drove it drove the plastic cone the motor, ESC, and battery through a piece of half-inch OSB with uh, roof shingles on it. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, the phone, the phone stuck on the roof. Yeah. I had it painted floor green. I was looking all over the place down there for it. I said, where is this thing? Ah. You know, I don't see it on the ground anywhere. It's bright fluorescent green foam. And then I looked up, and I'm like, oh, crap. And then I looked on the, the porch of this <clears throat> building, and um, – there's the spinner with the prop was was broken, but it, it only cracked the spinner. Believe, I mean, the uh, cone, believe it or not. Wow. It was so fast that it pushed that plastic cone through that, that roof like a like a bullet. And the, the motor and ESC never came unplugged, went straight through that OSB, and the battery followed it. Made a big <laughs> dent battery, but it didn't burst in the thing. Oh, my gosh. But oh, my gosh. What's crazy is... That motor and ESC was fine. I've got it now. You're kidding. <laughs> I, it I, went straight I through. So, oh my gosh, it didn't I bend it. I'm in a plane that I'm going to debut down to Joe Nall that's going to be a real sleeper. Wow. Do, they have, do, do those components have a have a survivor tag on their cowls on the sides of them? It must have. I mean, it didn't even bend the, the prop Push adapter. Wow. wow. And I take it it wasn't your, your uh, shed roof? <laughs> not really oh my gosh <laughs> now do you, I, I take it your neighbors obviously know what you do and they're pretty okay with everything then yeah I live out in the country and we have about I guess it's about 100 acres here that we fly over and there's one there's one house on it mm-hmm. um, other than mine and it's kind of dead in the center of it and they're they're good friends of mine and um they have horses, and I let them pasture their horses here on the property. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. So we, you know, we give and take a little bit on both sides. Ah, uh, gotcha. And, you know, we we try to be very careful about, you know, staying out of their airspace, but um, you know, stuff happens. Right. I bet that was a fun conversation. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Uh, I just drove my plane through your like you a know, bullet. Yeah, one hundred twenty miles an hour went through your shed. <laughs> oh my god! I think it was only. Probably about ninety on the on that one. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, fast enough um, to go through the shit. Wow. The, yeah, it shook me up pretty bad. I didn't fly the. It was during one of our big events here, and I didn't fly the rest of the day. It really shook me up thinking I, about how bad it could be. Yeah. So yeah, we we implemented a, a no fly zone in that area, even though it's technically a no fly zone anyway. But uh, you know, when you lose control. You lose part of a wing, and uh, yeah. yeah, and they're stubby to begin with. <laughs> right, yeah. man. Uh, That's what we really try to do. We try to be safe as possible. You, you know, we uh, we uh, abide by all the AMA rules, and uh, that's the only requirement we have here at our field is that you be an AMA member. Mm-hmm. 
it, now, George, is that the fastest plane that you've probably flown? Was the Rare Bear on six cells, or do you have something faster? That was about, yeah, that's probably the fastest. Fastest. Yeah, Steve Hodge just kind of turned me on to that idea. I, I didn't realize that you don't even have to do any upgrades. You can just put a six cell in it and run it. Wow. And, uh, yeah, you know, like, you know, as small a six cell as you can get, the better, uh-huh. of course. You right. But I would say the thing does in excess of 130 miles an hour. Man. Good thing that Crazy. thing is uh, orange or, you know, it's got a good color, orange and purple, I think it is. Or Right. Whew. Man. They recently came out with one they call the Bear Bear, and that's what my second one was. It just comes plain white, you know, not painted. Yes, yes, yep. Uh, George, what do you think about there? And we're going to talk about, well, I guess we could just kind of bring it up now while we got you on the line. Uh, Horizon just brought out the new V900, too, out of the box, four cell, 120 miles an hour. What do you think of that one? I mean, <laughs> I'm just not a real big speed freak. Uh-huh. Yet. I mean, I like a plane that goes fast, but... <laughs> want to be able to see it. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's reasonable, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty much a scale flyer when it comes to all my warbirds and jets. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like the B-24. I've, I've got my throttle range cut way down on that one just because it's, you know, it'll, it'll fly so fast that it's... I mean, it, it probably at a third throttle, it's flying scale. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not a real speed freak. Yeah. And I, I always found, too, like flying something super fast. Andre can probably attest, you know, with the EFX racer. And I got the uh, Ultra fun, fun Jet hanging on the back there with a big old motor. After two or three minutes, I'm so wound up and, and focused and nervous and everything else. By the time I'm done and flew maybe one battery, I'm so mentally drained. Right. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to sit back in my chair. Because you're at the seat of your pants yeah, at those speeds. I'm like, I'll you know? watch you guys fly for a little while. You yeah. know, I just it's cool and exciting, but it's almost, Too much. for me, yeah, it's not thoroughly enjoyable. You know, it's just like, oh, don't, you know, focus, focus, don't cra- crash. And I forget what plane you had where you'd go straight up and it'd make that awesome sound coming down. But it was a fast sucker. Oh, I can't remember what but that anyways, was. anyways, you, you didn't fly it a lot. And I no. never understood that. Yes. And I'm like, now I know. Now you, you know. just it burnt you out. Yeah. I'm sure of it. At those speeds and that sound that it made. Oh, man. Right. I'm like, fly it again. And you're like, yeah. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. done. I'm like, oh, I want to see it again. Yeah. You're like, I'm, everything's good. I didn't crash it got my flight in i forget which one it was it was real high you go and then yeah. just and then make that awesome noise Sound, yeah warm liner yeah one of the warm liners yeah probably so that's the way the rare bear was you could you could go way up and come down straight in a high speed dive and it, it was actually going so fast that the foam started breaking away inside the cow wow you know we started noticing steve started noticing you you know you, you open your 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 battery hatch and there's debris and there's always little foam so we had to start painting the inside of the uh the cowl there mm-hmm. gotcha yeah wow put a little uh put a little uh, plastic dip on it or something yeah right hmm. uh george I, I know another question for you uh because uh alpha was kind of talking about you know upgrading or doing the calligraphics what is one of your planes that you've put a lot of time and effort in it whether you repainted it or upgraded it with you know what is something that you have that 
maybe you're like, this is my plane, maybe even more of a display than a flying plane. You take it out on special occasions or something like that. But what's one that you really kind of cherish? I would say it's kind of hard. Um, <clears throat> one of my B-17s I did up in little patches. It's um, it's a plane that, that flew a lot of missions in, in Europe and then, you know, actually came back to the United States and um, met the guillotine out in Keeneman, Arizona. But um, I always liked that B-17, and uh, I, I did one up like that, put brakes on it and everything, and, wow. you know, made all its work and mm-hmm. custom paint you know that was that was a nice one I, I guess probably the first one that i really uh did quite a bit of customization to was the the p38 uh, you know I, I repainted some of it got rid of the silver nose and uh put those uh suspension struts off the uh, free wing p51 on it mm-hmm. and that was uh that was my first real heavy modification i did take a uh, an old banana ho- or an old LX uh, Corsair folding wing Corsair the big uh, I think it's like sixteen hundred millimeter mm-hmm. converted it put uh, all all new electronics in it put FMS uh, retracts in it and uh, did it up in Happy Boynton's uh, livery that's another one I, I I fly just kind of on special occasions mm-hmm. but uh, I, I guess too the the little P fifteen I call it the Lippy. Um, I mean that in a very affectionate way, but uh, I painted it yellow and did the kind of the tiger striping. It's kind of like a, I guess, a desert camo look to it, and uh, it was overwhelming the response I got out of that little plane. Huh. Uh, just a, a quick two-hour paint job, and uh, I've actually just finished another one just like it. That I'm gonna take down to Joe Nile, but uh, that's, that's your a, yellow and black tiger stripe, right? Yes, yes. I, I think yeah. I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. 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 It's, um, you know, I tell you, I, when I first saw that plane, I thought, yeah, it's kind of goofy looking. You know, it's got that big blunt nose on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after I painted it yellow, I thought, you know, it kind of looks like a duck in the front. <laughs> but I tell you, the first, you know, and I went ahead and bought it because just, you know, I like to, uh, you know, at 98 bucks, I mean, hey, yeah. It's a no-brainer. Right. But yeah. uh, when I first flew that thing, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I have I have the F-8, I have the, the F-105, mm-hmm. and basically the same power system in them. But the P-15 is so efficient that that thing is a missile on 3S. And uh, Steve Hodges, RC Jet dude, he did one on uh, 4S with a 12-blade fan in it. It's just, it's insane. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you can flip the high rates and, and, and do a roll that's just a drill bit. I mean, that's <laughs> drill bit. <laughs> uh, right into the ground. Yeah. yeah. But um, that is just the sleeper plane, I think, of the last two or three years. I mean, wow. it's, that's why that yellow and black works for you, George, and for everyone else, because the rest of us are like, yeah, we're going to need that so we can actually see, see the it. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, really, when I first saw it, it was like no big deal. You know, I thought, well, it's kind of kind of plain, you know. Mm-hmm. But right. It's one of my go-to planes now. I mean, I keep it with me. My old beat up when I keep it with me in the car all the time. And, you know. Um, That's awesome. It's just a fun plane to fly. And like I said earlier, even in bad weather. 
you know, it, uh, and I've crashed it. I've, I've tore it all to pieces. <laughs> and, wow. You know, little phone tack, you're back in the, back in the air again. Well, we're in good shape because oh, we got yeah. one in the studio, and I just recently bought a whole pack of foam tack glue, so I am ready to go. I may need one, too, by the Okay, I'll give you a two one, Wow. In actuality, I need a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm going to just ask for one. Just two. dip it in. Yeah, we'll just fly, dip it in know? a big tub before you fly like it. Kind of yeah, like plastic. <laughs> it's weatherproof now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Um, George brings up a good point. You know, I, I want to jump in here about customizing um, mm-hmm. and making a plane yours. Mm-hmm. It's another sort of thing we see increasingly, which sort of emboldens me to, to push back at anyone who, who still thinks the old way and that foam isn't worth investing your time in. Um, I hear that from time to time. Well, it's only foam. Why, why are you going to paint it? You know? Why, why go through the hassle of putting a custom decal set on it that you bought from Cali? Why, why care? It's disposable. Um, and I think increasingly, George is a great example of this. People have realized and have really embraced the fact that just because it's foam doesn't mean it's going to fall apart next month. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the yeah. level that that these companies are us and everyone else included, I think, just in the industry as a whole, is really gotten to the point where with a couple of tweaks and just sensible, I think, maintenance of retracts and certain components, these aircraft last a long time if you treat yes. them well. Yes. Of course, it helps if you have a hundred like George and you, and you only fly that given one every once a month. Yeah. But, you know, these these aircraft don't fall apart as, no. I think, quickly, teary as as flimsily as, as maybe they used to. And maybe you had a a good, a well-deserved reputation for, for being something that was discardable right. um, and something that wouldn't last flying season. You know, we have a lot of customers with the F-14, that, that aircraft's three years old. Mm-hmm. The Stinger 90 is six years old. A lot nice. of people right now not listening to this, nodding their heads, looking at their Stinger 90s behind them. I mean, these aircraft last. And with, from my side, I like, I, I always like to see and I always like to encourage and give kudos to the people who are doing stuff like this people should have make an aircraft theirs whether it's a small sort of a little bit of weathering um a little bit of paint here or there or full-blown conversions um uh it, it it speaks to the fact that for me it sort of gratifies me to see that these people like myself we love these aircraft mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what they're made of they it really means it, it sort of transcends the whole experience of it's something I'm going to put in the sky and, and maybe not bring down, you know, because I at least when they're painted well, maybe I pay attention a little more on short final, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, you're really, and they, really they always come down. <laughs> yeah. They, they all, those always come down because it's just, it further dispels the, the myth that, um, that foam is, is worthless. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I really hate when people throw off on foam because, I mean, probably in the beginning with the old, uh, what was it, EPS and EPP foam, yeah. you know, a flying cooler. I can see yeah. uh, I, I can see where it would be derogatory about those type of planes. But, but, you know, you can't get the level of detail in a built plane right. that 
and with foam now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting here looking at my Tiger Cat up there right now. That thing is slick. I mean, you it, you know, you don't see any any sails in it. It's the panel lines on it are crisp and, mm-hmm. and smooth and and uh, you know, I've got probably 150 flights on it. It looks and flies as good as it did the day I got it. Yeah. I, I don't. I think people that throw off on phone nowadays have just not experienced uh, the, the newer, newer planes technology and, with and, seen the, and seen the detail on it. You know, you crack up a, a, a built-up balsa plane, hmm. uh, you, you're not going to be flying later on in the afternoon. No, no, you're going to have two minutes. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, if if it was if all it was available still today was balsa built-up planes, and I'm I'm not throwing off on them. I've got a few of them. But if that's if that was all the three is, I, I probably wouldn't be back in the hobby. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Just too much time. It, it is. I uh, I just want to go out and wreck, fly. Yeah. yeah, and enjoy it. And like you said, Mikey, you have a crash. You break out the glue within less than fifteen minutes. You know, you're back in the air. And to uh, Enos, to your comment and a test of to foam, I have one of the original Park Zone. P fifty one BLs hanging on the wall right here. I'm looking at yeah, it's probably yes, probably. <laughs> geez, that thing's got to be what Mike six, seven, eight years old. Fly the daylights out of it. It's it got an awesome. upgraded motor. It's been crashed. It's been dinged. It's got you know foam missing out of it. It's you know, but to look at it, you don't see all that. Yeah, history. and it's, it's disgusting. It's unbelievable. Oh, you know, up. yeah, same thing with the, uh, well, I don't fly. It's kind of my, uh, shelf queen now, but the, uh, the wildcat same, same thing sitting over there, you know, that oh, they brought know. back yeah. just, uh, unbelievable yeah. detail flies phenomenal. And that mo- that's more of a memory with me. And yeah. Flying in right. Honesty. Like, so I, it's a great flyer. Don't like get me wrong. Said, we awesome. look at them. We see men. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. You think you don't see the crashes. No, no. Memories. Yes, absolutely. Good point. Um, One thing that uh, George brought up, uh, Alpha, I want to ask you about because Andre is on this huge jet kick right now and is trying to get everybody on board. And if you, you know, if you're watching Facebook Live, I'll put him up there and see some of these giant jets that he has in the background. Um, Where we fly is generally off of grass and we do have some short paved runway and i'd rather fly the jets off of the pavement which you know taking off is no problem they probably take off within two or three feet but obviously with the landing speeds we have a lot of curbs and islands and stuff and it's pretty tricky to land and george brought up was talking about electric brakes i'm curious to know uh is it something fairly cheap or something that you've looked into with some of these larger you know six cell jets of of being able to put electric brakes on them so you have a little more options as far as landing with them yeah so um it's a great question we we get it fairly often here as well um i would say that so so brakes are used after you've touched down Mm -hmm. after you've 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 paralleled yourself with the runway and away from that oncoming curb right um brakes brakes to me are really they're the last element of landing an aircraft safely mm-hmm. um if if your approach speed was wrong if your angle is wrong if you're flying in the in just an inappropriate place to begin with um if you're if you touch down and you're facing you're too close to that curb or your speed's too high. If any of those things are off, the brakes aren't going to save you. 
Um, so it's a balance for, for me as, an, as, 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 as the developer to say, is this something that we want to put into the aircraft, uh, which is going to add cost and complexity and, mm-hmm. and, and weight, you know, people can, I don't have it in front of me now, but off the top of my head, I mean, a good set of, of sort of good set of brakes. It's, it's not $10. It's not 20. It's not 30. You're looking at 10% or more of the cost oh, wow. of that you yeah. paid for the aircraft. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's 50 bucks for a really good set of like the lander electrical uh, retracts for wheels that are in the two and a half range. If you mm-hmm. say put them on the, if you put them on the mains of like an F-15 or T-45 or something like that, mm-hmm. it's 50 or 60 bucks for a $450 aircraft. Wow. So, um, so I need to ask myself, are, are enough of the core customers going to pay for that premium for a component which will definitely help. I mean, I, I brakes are required on turbines for a reason, yeah. you know, on, on my turbine side for a reason, they help. Um, but are the vast majority of people going to pay that premium for a component which will only help if all the other aspects of their landing profile are correct? Um, mm. So far, the answer has been no. Okay. Um, you know, so, but we're, again, as I've said earlier, we're always listening. We're always try to keep our ears to, to the train tracks here and listening as far as what people are looking for and what they really need. Um, so far, I, I mean, I just got to say it. I, I still think that we're not there where people will say, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll pay 500 instead of 450 yeah. for, for breaks, you know, Um the, the other thing as well that we, we actually trialed this on the on our 90 millimeter F-16, bit of a revelation. I don't think I've ever said that publicly, but five <laughs> years ago or whenever it was with our 90 millimeter F-16, we looked at electric brakes. Um, doesn't always work well on all types of aircraft mm. in, in the F-16's case for ours. Not talking about the larger HSD, but our 90 millimeter F-3 wing. Um, because it was slightly smaller, its, its stance was very narrow. And mm-hmm. if the user... If the user, in, in this case, our testing guys, if if we toggled that brake um, to activate when we were at, again, wrong speed, wrong angle, tried to steer, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, we could tip the aircraft. Ah. So then we get into, okay, so now it's the minutia of do you meter out the brake power over time? Well, how long? That's a function of how fast the aircraft's going. You know, people who've used sort of um, these analog on-off, on-off type electrical brake systems can probably attest to you, you you still are paying attention and waiting and activating when it's sensible and making sure that you're not turning if you have narrow landing gear my point in all this is there's a lot going on um and sometimes adding components doesn't actually make the landing safer or or more consistent um we try and we try and develop the aircraft so that they're lighter inexpensive on the front end so more people buy them and try them but lighter and, and more sensibly wing loaded so that they can come in at comfortable angles I, I talked Biavanti is probably a good example of an aircraft that can that can park itself in the sky and come down at a really controllable um, uh, attitude and speed such that frankly brakes aren't needed I mean I can stop that aircraft on pavement inside 60 feet without a headwind. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so, so, but, but of course we know that a lot of our customers, they buy those and they're available from, from, from other retailers. Um, and for them again, of course the pre, the premium is worth it. And to them, I say, you know, great, <laughs> go for it. 
Um, but uh, but for us on the PNP side, not yet. All right, here's so something. Here, here's a here's another one that, and I I never it just popped in my head, so I, it may not be feasible at all or maybe the way the fans build or whatever but you know now we have these reversing ESCs were you thinking there too yeah but then I'm thinking you're always kind of landing jets under throttle yeah to be able to reverse yeah that was something to have a a reverse a different feature to yeah shorten that reversing ESC to reverse the fan yeah yeah Actually, the the HST uh, 105 millimeter J10 four or five years ago um, had that feature um we as well have looked at it, car, car ESCs. You adapt the car ESC for, for an EDF. Um, the trick, though, is now you got to think about it, right? What is what is reverse? You have a throttle stick, which is from 0 to 100, and it, it assumes from 0 to 100 you want, you want power yeah. um, in, 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 the current, in the current direction, i.e. going forward. Um, you basically need to, you're thinking of all the things we talked about of thinking about your landing, right. wind, approaching, yes. et cetera, et cetera, uh, alignment. Now you need to be thinking of, okay, I'm going to wait till my wheels touch. Yeah. And then I need Drop to flip the throttle, throttle mix all the way down. Yep. Yeah. All the way down. And then I need to flick the mix switch, which now says that now <laughs> the throttle oh, is reversed. <laughs> and now I'm going to feed in. And by the way, in that, Half a second, the aircraft has already traveled fifty feet. And now you're exactly, right, right, exactly. And There's too much going on. So many things. There's a yeah. lot of things going on, and I mean, just I flew. It's just going to create a disaster yeah, really. in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know um, that. But but it is out there. There are a couple of models that have them. Free, free we haven't done it yet, but um, you know, it's neat. I've, I I can say, sort of disclose, I've I've reverse sort of parallel parked in EDF. That's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> But um, but no, it's all about f- for us. This is this is nothing to say about people who, who want to get in and customize, which is absolutely great if that's if you want to do that. But on the PNP side, what comes out of the box, it, we we need it to be as simple with as with as few potential hiccups mm-hmm. and complexities as possible. Um, so <laughs> I can only imagine the calls. Oh, the aircraft. Stop midair. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You're right. I spun this, the, the, the impeller spun off for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we also get to like efficiencies, right? I mean, so in testing, like even when you're rolling forward, um, those, those, the impellers pitched a certain way. And mm-hmm. if you think of, Think of how an intake works. Air comes in, it accelerates the air, it pushes that out the back. So there's there's a bit of a lag that would happen when, once we'd land and then do your mix and then now you're oh, yeah. feeding in first throttle. You have air coming out. Oh, air coming oh, in the front. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exit. Right. So now you're you're expecting this fan to grab air coming from be to grab air from what is becoming behind the aircraft. Yeah. Right? Right. How does it? What air is it actually grabbing to then push forward? What we really get is you get a really loud noise. You get a because <laughs> it's just cavitation city, and and then it bites into something and it, it works. It definitely works. But um, yeah, by then you, you know, got off the runway. Yes. Yeah. And then you're off the runway. 
<laughs> but I, but I love the ideas. I love I love people thinking about yeah. Because with software sort of and technology, a lot of this stuff can be automated. Even like if it's detected, yeah. you know, there's yeah. just so much that they're going into technology wise. Yeah. Even with they're, like they're they're really- your safe modes and all yeah. this stuff. There's I'm sure there's schemes that. There could be a detection, or mm-hmm. one button does it all when you once you hit that yeah. or something. Well, and and there are a couple of the bigger ninety mil models that do have air brakes, so a physical air brake that comes out to help with stuff like that as well, Mike. Yeah, mm. yeah. The T forty five has got air brakes that that do splay out, as does the F one hundred four, as examples. Um, the, the the challenge there is at least feedback from our customers. Some of them would say. Wow, those speed brakes really work, and they're stalling on final. Um, <laughs> well, don't so pull them out, right? They're like, I dropped the slats and the flaps and the speed brakes, and the oh. aircraft got really slow. Oh, like, well, that, that, that that's, is that's, that's that's yeah. Sort of <clears throat> wow. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, um, you know, Andre made a good point though. You want something to slow down a little better? He's he found a good tip that says you put some uh, fuel tubing in between the wheel and the shaft. So you know, as long as you got enough power, you, that that thing's going to take off like that for landing. You know, slow it down a little faster. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and, and that that tip was from someone who said they were going from they 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 traditionally fly on a grass field and then they were on a runway and they just found the aircraft was too slippery on the runway so yeah. they, a little bit of rolling drag friction to yeah. slow it down Some friction which yeah, makes we've sense. definitely seen that as well with with some of the 90s and 80s we use um we use brass bearings in them and so okay. they yeah. they roll just forever yeah and the fuel tubing works you know thick ca sort of works you've got enough power to get up in the air i think mm-hmm. i think the, the whole conversation comes down to sort of two fundamental um, questions, which is, one, how do we make landing safer, right? Takeoffs yeah. are optional, landings are mandatory. <laughs> right. Um, and, and then, of course, the second question, which is, we like to tinker with our stuff. <laughs> um, everyone's sort of looking for, what, it, what else can I put in this aircraft? Can I put brakes? Can I put lights? Can I put 3D-printed cockpit sets? Can I just... I just want to play with this thing when it's in the garage and it's raining outside. Um, it's an exciting question. Um, we always l- encourage people to try and find answers for it, as long as it doesn't weigh down the, the airplane and make that landing even tougher. But, but um, I've well, even seen uh, I've seen something crazy recently here with um, certain civil real aircraft have parachutes that can deploy. Mm-hmm. Right? engine out parachute comes out and then you you land vertically albeit very hard um i've seen an example of that in rc which is interesting it's hmm. sort of like if you're just tired of flying you know if the phone rings and you're just like honey i'll be right there you just press the button <laughs> your aircraft's gonna float down um yeah, that sort of takes away the, the fun of landing. Though. Yeah. Uh, Flight Test actually did a, a whole video on that. They had the, um, I can't think of what plane it was, but same thing. They built put a built-in parachute in it. it went in, basically, they were doing it for if you had a complete failure. You know, it was up in the air. That's the real crap button. Yeah. Hit the button, the, yeah. the chute, and it was very yeah. simple. They made it out of a trash bag and some thread. You know, very simple and it popped out. I think it was servo operated, and and the thing just came down, just like almost like a regular ballistic shoot on a real airplane. And it was, it's uh, a pretty cool neat. video. Uh, oh, they put it on I the Apprentice. Yeah, they put it on the Apprentice. It's probably maybe three years old or so. But uh, yeah, what was, was the landing speed? 
Well, it it's wasn't like all, it, down on the ground. Is yeah, that okay? yeah, just literally just come right down, straight down. Straight like down. A yeah, and no issues. I mean, nothing. It was unbelievable. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Speaking of parachute, just reminded me. Um, and, and tinkering, Steve Hodges, one of our buddies as well. He on his Freewing F4, he made a thread about how he he sewed a a drag chute, like a scale drag chute. Wow. And when we were developing the F4, to my mind, there wasn't enough space in there. There was, if there was, there was barely enough space. And we sort of mm. posted there saying, look, if you really want to try it. The foam needs to go. You're going to need to make a clamshell so that it opens. It's fiberglass, et cetera, et cetera. As many probably listeners know, that the F4 has a drag chute, opens out in the back and sort of slings out. And, and of course, what does Steve do? He goes and he makes a fiberglass clamshell and, wow. and makes it hold and makes it open and has the video of him taxing around and he blows the chute and it's it's sewn up really scale. I didn't know he was a seamstress, but great. <laughs> And uh, and he had the silk thread and or the silk material and and the thread as you were saying mm-hmm. that flight tested so that type of stuff I think is really neat I'd I'd like to see it where those things could become more standardized I mean lights used to be a thing of of wonder for for foam um, then they went into three millimeter and five millimeter LEDs now mm-hmm. for the past couple of years we use day brights as we call them and. One watt LEDs and other LEDs. Everyone's got LEDs. That is sort of standard now, right? right? The idea of having power systems that were I don't know, a metal shroud for whatever that's worth versus, say, plastic or dynamically balanced. These sort of the catchwords and the goals and really the achievements of pioneers in years past have since become codified as as the norm for the hobby these days. So afterburner LEDs on some of our aircraft, that's everyone's got them now. HSD's got them, Freeman's got them, mm-hmm. and that's great for us as the hobbyists. Brakes is sort of another thing that's increasingly becoming more of that buzzword that people really like. And I think as they see the utility and figure out the kinks, it, it then is adopted into quote unquote the mainstream um you know i'd love to see drag shoots and all those <laughs> wacky sort of scale details just sort of become something that's standardized and and again that still is sensibly simple um and sensibly priced because you know who wouldn't want to pop a drag shoot after yeah after right Atlanta? right you should say and then flip on your reverse ESC and, yeah. and, and suck it in. You should that F4 yeah. in person. The the one that Steve Hodges RC Jet dude built mm-hmm. with the drag chute. That thing, I mean, it is a it's a piece of art. The way he made the uh, the chute clamshell open and made that out of fiberglass, and how he got all that in that small area is just it's really unbelievable. And it looks, you think something like that, you, you know, you'd lose some, uh, scale detail on mm-hmm. the plane putting that in, but, but not so. I mean, it's just the whole plane. It's just beautiful. He's going to maiden it down at Joe Nall and, uh, and hopefully, you know, use mm-hmm. the shoot and everything after he lands. But, uh, wow. That if you're coming to Joe Nall, that's one thing. Stop by the bomber RV and check out that F4. It is I've not seen one done up that nice yet. That'd nice. be cool. That's awesome. Wow. You know, he's talking about, we was talking about the B-17 with the brakes mm-hmm. kind of leading into this. The reason I put the brakes on the B-17 wasn't really for landing, of course. You know, it caused nose overs, but, mm-hmm. but it was for scale taxiing. 
Uh, oh, you for yeah. Side so, the about that, George, can you activate one by one? Like, can you can you turn on the left and turn off the right and sort of get like a nice a tight turn when taxing, or are they slaved together? They're slaved together. Of course, you know you could use two controllers and do that. But but what I've done is I set the drag down on them really, really, really low. So it, it's really neat when you're taxiing that B17, especially on pavement. You know. Uh, our taxiways are kind of running downhill onto our runway at our, our AMA field. And uh, I can just go down to the end of that little taxiway and slow down and stop. Oh, wow. Pull, you know, get lined up on the runway mm-hmm. and come to a stop. And it's an keep, obvious keep stop. The props you know? at idle, that's got to be pretty neat. Yeah. yeah and it breaks a little bit as you throttle up. That is oh, cool. wow. That is cool. That's, yeah. That's the main reason I did that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Did you hear that, Adam Drain? Yeah. I wonder if he's still listening. I, I guarantee if somebody, you know, he's he's right and taking notes right here. I can see him now. He's all about scale and everything. He's going to get that scale B-17 to his liking. and yeah, I can hear him now. Nice. All the uh, threads are out of squad. Wow. Well, guys, we've been coming up over two hours here. Um, I... I the information this has been a fantastic awesome. podcast a lot of here a lot of fun stories people are working on yes really. uh real quick too if uh anybody out there if you're on facebook live if you have anything for georgian alpha throw it out here now before we let these guys go um but awesome i hope uh george you have a fantastic time down at joe Nall. we might even have to ring you up and see what kind of stories have uh, were had down there um and you, i'm sure you're going to enjoy yourself uh alpha thanks again for you know the 105 and the p15 i can't wait to get them out there and uh we're gonna have a lot of fun with it and and again it's always a a pleasure to talk to you and get the wealth of information of you know we always have these questions of why don't they do this and why don't they do that and we and you always have an answer for everything we throw at you um but good time great podcast great podcast george uh Man, it's I just can't, I don't know what to say with over a hundred planes in the and the, yeah, unbelievable. Um, great to have you on. Oh, you, you forgot to mention your target on. You said something in July. You went to get what was it, seven hundred and twenty days, or there was a staple there. Oh yeah, what's your uh, target yeah. number of flights? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll ever stop. <laughs> maybe a, some kind of a health issue or something. But July twenty second will make two years. Wow. Executive flying, but but uh, if I make that, I guess you know the next milestone would be a thousand days. Erin, uh, Erin at the AMA, she's really good about. She sends me a, uh, she sends me like an award plaque every time I, I break like a hundred days. Milestone. She gave me one at uh, yeah. three sixty five, and then one at five hundred days. And uh, they did a nice little story on AMA Air about it, and it was in the the magazine. Mm-hmm. Really tickled. Wow. But, uh, you know, I, I, at this point, I mean, it's like, you know, brushing your teeth. I mean, <laughs> that's unreal. Oh, you do something. that every day? <laughs> <laughs> I would probably miss brushing my teeth before I would have missed flying. <laughs> I love it. Uh, hey, you're still drinking your coffee. Yeah. You know, you feel you your flight, you get on with your day. Uh, I mean, it's, you're living a dream. Yeah. Uh, George, is it. Any thought or anything of maybe even contacting the Guinness Book of World Records with this? I don't know. I think you know, they're 
their uh, requirements for authentication would probably be too uh, too strict. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Know, they have would have to have a witness every day or something. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I usually try to take a picture every day of what I'm flying. And mm-hmm. I post up on Hobby Squat most days, but not every day. But but uh, you know, I mean, people that know me, they know my words pretty good, and uh, um, you know, it's just it's. It's just a personal thing that I. You're enjoying doing. It's, it's something. It's something I'm committed to. I just absolutely love to fly and uh, love the fellowship I have with my flying buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, can't imagine stopping. That's great. That's awesome. Can't imagine. Well, don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. Yeah. Well, there you have it, everybody. We got uh, a few more things we're going to talk about here, um, but we're going to let these guys go because we've been um, talking the ear off for over two hours. But Alpha Enos, thank you. George Baker, a.k.a. Tired Iron, thank you very much for coming on, hanging out, and joining us. Uh, great stories, and we will definitely have you back on soon for sure. So thank you, guys. We appreciate Thanks, guys. it. Stay Thanks. Trees. All right. Thanks again for As the always. F105, man. That is awesome. Yeah. Thanks again. I'm definitely excited. So, Alpha. There you have it. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right. There you have it. Alpha Enos and George Baker. Man, what a what's that was a great that one. was fantastic. Cool, eh? Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about George. I, I I've heard of him, but didn't you know? Have never talked to him before. And I was like, man, what are we going to talk about? Or what you know? But well, they have the same love yes. and passion it, in the hobby. It, so it's always a great, yes. great link for anyone. Yes, great it, community. It, it never fails. Where when you know you have the same passion, there's always something to talk about. Or I call it, you know my old saying is bench flying. You know, and we do the same mm-hmm. thing, Mike. We go out and fly for we, 15, 20 minutes, and then we share it then we sit and talk about time. it for three hours. And yep. that's how the podcast developed, yep. you know. So, all right, folks, uh, we're not going to stay too much longer. I just have a couple things here I want to talk about and get your thoughts on. Um, one thing, Mike, and, and I know you guys are going to think I'm completely whacked out about this, but I'm just curious if anybody out there listening in podcast land or Facebook Live has, has thought about this or have actually done it or after I talk about it, maybe is going to try that. But I had a big fire out uh, back uh, about a week ago, Mike. Big, I had this bunch of boxes and, and a lot of cardboard and everything, and it was just dusk, and I lit this big fire. And as I'm standing there watching the heat rise and watching these cardboard pieces go up into the air, literally, Mike, there was pieces of cardboard. Amber, yeah. Yeah, amber that were going so high and so far they were completely going out of sight. So naturally, what am I thinking? This giant lift. There's lift lift going on. Has anybody or anybody thought of, and again, you probably wouldn't do this at night, but if you had a big fire during the day and you got out your radiant, now obviously you're not going to be too low (laughs) below the the fire. Below the fire. But if you got up like 50, 60 feet or something, you know, treetop levels and started doing circles, what would happen? Like, would that radiant just out of sight? Because literally, I was watching Amber's go completely, and it wasn't a slow. I mean, them things were cranking, and they were as you far know, as you were generating see. that thermal there. Yeah, that and heat. I was like, "Wow, could you imagine getting like a radiant in that? Even a little UMX one. or a UMX? <laughs> there you go, there you go, Mike. See, it'd be more scale, yeah. yeah, scale to the fire. So the wings start drooping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that, well. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd have problems keeping my eye on well, that. Well, sure. that would be Mike. He'd be like, how low can I go with for the Wingstar group? And I see foam melting, you know. Uh, but am I crazy or it, maybe it, I want to see so if, if anybody's out there if you ever thought about it or you might want to try well, if it you threw a tire on there it'd burn hot well <laughs> that's not environmental no impressive. no you can't burn tires Mike we used to all the oh, time well, before yeah, uh, back we knew it was iron great great I smoked out my radiant congratulations yeah. comes down in <laughs> those new things color burn black hot. <laughs> those things burn oh, hot yeah. buddy you're gonna create some serious thermals uh, <laughs> we'll be looking for a tire place that's on fire <laughs> and that don't last for weeks we'll what are you guys doing <laughs> so uh yeah anybody listening out there if, if even if you have an old rating or something or you you have let me know i'm just yeah, curious that if, is uh, funny whatever happens so uh last thing i wanted to talk about real quick let me pull it up here need to do we can talk about uh horizon and i didn't see this coming i was really kind of shocked by this we mentioned it earlier, talking to George and Alpha. Horizon brought out the new E-Flight V900 Bind and Fly Basic. And I really like this plane, love the colors, like the scheme. It's a 120-mile-an-hour 120 120 hour plus out-of-the-box four-cell uh, racer, I guess you want to say. Uh, it looks phenomenal. Uh, let me give you some specs here. The V900 high-speed sport airplane is the fastest prop-driven E-flight airplane yet. Right out of the box, can reach speeds of 120 mile an hour on four-cell and even 100 miles an hour on three-cell without the need to upgrades or prop changes. It's designed to whip heads by flying fast and looking good with the slick aerodynamics. Composite, reinforced EPO construction with a vibrant trim scheme that stands out on the ground and in the air. If you have the need for speed, adrenaline pumping, Right to speed, then you're going to love the E-Flight V900. Factory-installed high-power brushless motor, 60-amp ESC deliver unlimited vertical performance, credible top speeds over 120 without the need of upgrades and modifications. Lightweight yet stiff, durable airframe equipped with digital metal-geared servos offer precision reliability. You will appreciate flight after flight. No glue is required for assembly. You can have... Uh, it up and flying is the time it takes to charge a battery. Whether you're an intermediate pilot, this is your first high-speed airplane, or you're an experienced speed addict. You can be in the air flying fast in almost no time at all. Uh, also, uh, it has an AS3X with the optional safe select that they've been putting in most of their planes. Flies on an 1800 to 2200 three or four cell. So that's uh, a good you know, good battery. Range. Yeah, real good range. Cheap, even if you're going four cell, uh, even a 2200 four cell batteries are getting pretty cheap. Uh, let's see. There's our friend in the picture. Yep, uh, Matt Andron. And I'll have to talk to him to see if he was a developer on this. It'd be interesting to. That is really, I mean, it's worth mentioning this plane, I think. It, it looks really It nice. does look really good. V900 mm -hmm. stunning sleek airframe is molded in EPO that's composite reinforced. I'd be interested to see what they did and how they did that with the composite uh, reinforcement. Because, you know... Uh, At that speed, you better right. have some and, good and structural integrity there. Like, like the rare bear. Yeah, I wonder if they... Yeah, I wonder if they bake the carbon rods into into it. Yeah, mm, could be, and you know, like the the rare bear, I'm sure people were going to put make this six cell like right out of the bat. So I'm sure they wanted to, to make it so it wasn't going to disintegrate itself. So it's interesting. Um, it's equipped with digital metal gear. Sir, we talking about that. Um, 
So yeah, and, and it'd be interesting to see how this thing flies. Uh, most of the E-flight planes are, are really good, and I'd like to see also like the slow speeds on this. You know, is it easy to land? What, what I'm curious about looking at the photos is the little the launch point on the bottom. I'm I'm wondering what that's going to do on landing because it's got a bump right where the where you can grab it and to throw. Yes, I'm looking um, at it right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I I'm just wondering on landing, uh, is that going to dive the prop into the ground kind of thing? Because I know on the like the 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 racer and stuff, it's pretty flat, and mm-hmm. I've I've still taken out props on landing before. Mm-hmm. For this one, you've got a pronounced dive, so it'll be interesting I see to see. I, I haven't watched any. I haven't watched any uh, review videos yet of it. I, but, I uh, haven't either. Oh, look at that! The, the servo links are on the bottom too. Why wouldn't they put them on the top? Yeah, you know what though? I've never, unless you're in really tall grass. I mean, all my plant, like even the belly warbirds, are on the bottom. I've never ripped a servo or had any problems with that ever. Okay. Well, they do have the covers on them, but it's just curious that why wouldn't you put them on the top when you're landing? It's one less thing that, especially in something like this thing is probably coming in with a bit of steam to it, you know? Sure. And why, why would, why not put them on the top? So you're not that, that area of surface isn't being caught up on landing sure. anyhow. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, that'd be it some, might be for the looks. That I mean, could look be at too. the looks of it. Yeah. To me, it looks better hidden. But but I agree. I think it would take more damage underneath, regardless of the right. covers. You're right. Absolutely. So, valid point. Um, price is around $180 right now, U.S. I'll give you some quick specs it? on it. What 180 was it? Uh, It's a fairly small, light airplane. See, I've never had a fast one, and it's that intermediate. Yeah. That's why I'm saying if, fast it, one, you know, maybe. on three cell, I bet, I bet you it's a pretty fun flyer yeah. on three cell. No problem. Gosh, I don't need these enticements right and, now. And I do like I'm the false. fact Andre is on three or four, no prop change. I like that. Yeah, that's, that is pretty neat. And but I think it? we're going to see that more and more. No prop change. Like some of the planes, like when you go from three cell to four the cell, uh, you got to uh, change the prop on them. The prop. Yeah. You got to go down one side. Right. Yeah. I see. And this one you don't. Um, and again, it's a f- fairly small, light airplane. It's only 29.7 ounces or 840 grams. And she's got a 15 size brushless outrunner at 1260 kV. And the wingspan's only 35.4 inches. So again, this is one of them planes yep. that uh, is going to get out of sight quick if you don't keep it close. Light, luckily, it's brightly colored, though. That yes. Helps. Yep. Nice color scheme. Nice the color only thing scheme. is, why don't the since he he's he said he mentioned that he breaks props quite often on the EFX racer. Why don't they make those like the must like fold the up fold up ones? I wonder to save some, on some belly people landing. Do them, um, but I, uh, you know, you're, I mean, you're it's flying just, for like three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I'm just saying I've on the landing, couple. you know, you wouldn't be breaking pops as often. I think mm. on the belly landing. But mm-hmm. I think I think one of the well. It, I mean, after a while, you just you figure out you you get your landing and you figure out how to flare on something like this. The reason they didn't go with a folding one is because they've got the air scoops around the cow, right? So if you fold, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be it's going to be hitting sure. that, and sure. your power on the entire time, and then you're, yeah. you're just power off at the very end. Right. But yeah, I've seen it done. Um, I could do it on the races, but after a while, I just figured out how to land it, and uh, you know, I, I okay. stop landing on snow and ice as well. <laughs> right. So, Andre, this brings me up to my my point with the new E Flight V nine hundred. We also know that Hobby King is bringing out the new EFX Racer V two. 
Two. Yep. And they've got some pictures up, uh, I believe, on Facebook, or they had it on the Durafly site or somewhere. I did see them. So yep. it'd be very interesting to compare the two, you know, side by yep. side, the, the specs, the, the flying characteristics. I think it would be a lot of fun to, you know, yeah, compare. That would the, be a stressful review, man. You yes, it be would be. Game. Yeah. Okay. You'd be like, I, okay. I want, but I, want, it, I want the E-Flight version. Someone else get the EFX <laughs> version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like what you said earlier in the show, it's uh, there are days where I, I can just fly that plane. And like at that one year where I had the yellow racer out at Fury Field mm-hmm. and, you know, my park is OK where I fly. Fury Field is a whole other. And I rang that thing out and I only got like a lap and a half because you can go so far yeah. in both directions. So right. You're just like. I gotta land now. I've yeah. been at full throttle for like two minutes. I'm like, that plane's gonna explode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the batteries. Right. Uh, so, so it's uh it would be very interesting to compare those aircraft. Absolutely. Absolutely. So but uh anything else, Mike? That's about all I got wrote down on my sheet. Great podcast, uh, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention too, um, and I have to apologize. Uh, a lot of you guys were tell- letting me know that we were getting some clipping issues going on through the uh, podcast, which I didn't really realize. I knew we had some, but I don't. When I edit the podcast, I don't listen to the whole thing. And I thought through the board, we actually have a compressor on the board, but through the recording device that we use, it actually wasn't feeding the compressor in there. So you guys were kept telling me that you were, we were yelling or laughing too much and getting some clipping. So Robert Goff helped me out and we redid our configuration on our recording and we have a compressor in there. So the last couple podcasts, including this one, have the compressor in it. Let me know if it's better. I've listened to some. It does seem better. So uh, I think we got rid of all the the clipping and everything. So uh, let me know how it is. I like your feedback. Uh, Again, uh, anybody out there wants to help out the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash RC After Hours. Anything helps. If it's a dollar, $2 a month, $5 a month, whatever. Um, hopefully, um, again, I know we keep saying, but we definitely want to do something for uh, you Patreon people. I don't know exactly what. We want to give some kind of giveaway. So we're thinking, if you have any ideas, let us know. Shoot me an email or send me a message on Patreon. But we want to do some kind of giveaway, whether it's a plane or something. So we'll come up with something. But we're going to do something for you guys for sure. Um, last but not least, uh, we got just mentioned get FPV one more time before we get out of here. They've really helped us out, and maybe they're going to be back for another three months. We're uh, in the process of working on that, but go check out get FPV, a fantastic company. Anything for your drone or FPV needs, they have it. Check out their site. It's a fantastic uh, company that's really grown. Uh, a lot of people don't know, you know, when you buy overseas, you're getting something that's uh, uh, replicated or not not up to the specs that the, the U.S. has designed, especially for like Lumineer. Um, so, you know, get FPV has everything. It'll be at your doorstep within two or three days. And their customer service is unbelievable. If you have any problems or whatever, you can reach them on phone, email, Facebook, video conference or FaceTime. And their batteries are awesome. I have a ton of their Lumineer batteries. They are fantastic, uh, well-priced within any of the competition. Uh, they seem to really last. We push them here. Like I said, we, we mentioned earlier, as far as battery maintenance, I'm horrible, absolutely horrible. So, And the Lumineer batteries have been doing really well. They haven't been getting puffy. I mean, we run them on our little quads till they 
basically just die and they're still going. So, uh, and again, if you have any questions about anything drone or FPV, or you're not sure if you want to build your own drone or whatever, just go check out getfpv.com slash learn as all the information on there of anything you can imagine and could answer your questions. But if not, you know, get online and ask them uh, personally. I'm sure they can answer it. So, Sean, Mike, Jeff, Roy, Andy, Tim, all great people down at Get, Get FPV. And last but not least, if you do go to Get FPV and you spend over $120, Mike, type in the code. What is it? Oh, you're testing. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, testing you, Mike. What is it? Come on. Something after hours. Oh, Mike, you're killing me. Yes. Something. Type in the code after hours 2018. And you get uh, 10% off your entire order. I got order. it right. You got Even it right. Struck, you got it right. I thought so. Um, so there you have it. Andre, did you have anything to add? Anything uh, no, you needed gonna to mention? No, going to plugging away. going to start getting to start thinking about what I want to bring for the May trip and mm-hmm. uh, figuring all that good stuff out. But other than that, fantastic show. Yes. Good time. Again, thanks for Alpha Enos and George Baker coming on and uh it's a good time so mike we're all done turkey hunting right you got your turkeys and and you're going to be back in the studio right yep fantastic and you're excited about the f105 we just gotta get out and fly get rid of this baseball stuff yes i know you guys gotta go fly your me 109s you're gonna have a lot of fun after talking to george with that i know i like it so thanks everybody for joining us uh everybody on facebook live we appreciate you Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks and hopefully we won't have any crash stories but we're going to try to get out these planes out and fly we'll see you in a couple weeks thank you see you guys bye bye Let me hit stop record real quick. Done.